It's going on a Friday morning, 6.05, Friday morning here in New York City. Harry Styles, sign of the times. Welcome back to the Bernie and Sid in the morning show here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Noah, Bernie, I think he'll be back on Monday. I don't know. In fact, I'm not sure I'm going to be here on Monday because Monday is a President's Day. Don't do that to me. Well, it's a national holiday, you know, so. Oh, yeah? Well, somebody uh, sent me a, a meme yesterday maybe a couple of days ago, and said, how could we possibly, how could we possibly celebrate President's Day on Monday when we don't have a president? Clearly that was a Trump supporter, not a Joe Biden hater. But it's a good question. How do we celebrate President's Day on Monday? I guess we celebrate the prior presidents, especially the last one, number 45. If you didn't see the New York State Democrat Convention yesterday, they love them there, huh? Hillary Clinton especially. She loves them. <laughs> oh, boy. Good old Hillary back in the game. What is the definition, Justin Ellick, of insanity? What is the definition of insanity? Well, I'm happy you asked because I actually know the answer to this one. Yeah, what is it? It's uh, doing the same thing over and over again but expecting a different result. Very good. Very, very good. So when Hillary Clinton runs against John McCain... And doesn't win. That's uh, that's one result, right? So you say, okay, it happened once. Let me try it once more. And when uh, Hillary Clinton runs against Donald Trump and doesn't win, now you got two of them. Now I understand Christopher Mad Dog Russo will join us today. The great, maybe the greatest sports talk show host ever, ever. Uh, former WFAN great Mike and the Mad Dog, now has his own channel for many years on Sirius XM. I understand in baseball, three strikes, you're out. So maybe she needs one more. She's lost twice. And also lost the nomination to Barack Obama, mind you. Boy, it is way too hot in here. I mean, way too hot. You were like in the middle of a thought. Well, I know, but that's uh, that's what I do, you know. Yeah, you could just couldn't get it off your mind. It's way too hot that you had to just stop yeah. in the middle By of the sentence. By the way, Chad Lopez makes a great point. Our fearless leader going to be here Monday. I'm your president. He's right about that. He is the president of operations. And if anybody, anybody deserves to be celebrated, it's Chad. I love Chad. I did that uh, magazine shoot last week. I thanked him. In my book, I thank him a bunch of times. He was the one guy who showed the guts to bring me back in 2016 
And I think it's worked out well for all of us, don't you? Yeah, I'd say so. Well, you can thank Chad Lopez, all of you. All you guys who have careers now, all of you. You'd be making bagels, of course, the street as a bagel. Not for Chad, so. Thanks, Chad. He deserves that, yes. So Hillary, um, anyway, she's uh, she going to try it again. She's going to try it again. Let's do it a third time. The first two didn't work out. Let's do it a third time. And she spoke yesterday with the rest of these, I don't want to say losers. It's just, it's too easy to say that, right? We need something smarter than losers. Give, give me a better word than that. I don't know. I, I hate to steal Bernie's diction, but yeah. they are imbeciles. All of them. Every one of them, right? I have to thank John Katsimatidis, too. Uh, you know, I, I just thank Chad Lopez, and believe me, he deserves a heap of praise, a heap of praise for what this station has turned into. But i got to thank John and Margo, too. Those three specifically, John, Margo, and Chad, those three have not only made this station great again, making WABC great again, they've made my life great again. And I love all three of them very, very dearly. So I don't love Hillary Clinton. I don't love uh, all these folks who spoke yesterday. But the theme basically was Donald Trump is no good. The GOP is no good. And um, you got to make sure the Republicans don't win anything. So let's get right to it. They did nominate Kathy Hochul yesterday. The Democrat Party nominated Kathy Hochul yesterday as governor. Well, how about that? How about some celebration? She's a horrible governor. Horrible. But now she's been nominated by the Democrat Party. And uh, here was Kathy Hochul yesterday graciously accepting the nomination. I accept your nomination, and I do so with a heart full of gratitude and humility. And I will (laughs) never, ever take for granted the trust you've placed in me and my leadership. So there you have Kathy Hochul. She's been, uh, she graciously accepts the nomination as governor. Now, the aforementioned Hillary Clinton, she spoke yesterday about how the nation is divided, how New York is divided, and the Democrats, who last I checked are in power, they can really help to restore that. But they're in power right now. So how does that, how does that work? They want more. They want more power. I got it. She wants power. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you bet your ass. Here is uh, Hillary Clinton. This is number eight speaking yesterday at the New York State Democrat Convention. We've asked a lot of our nurses and our doctors and our essential workers who kept our stores open, kept the lights on. In fact, we asked a lot of everyone on the front lines who kept us safe and healthy and working. Uh. And we have faced these challenges here in New York. Oh, we have. At a time when our nation is deeply and dangerously divided. Yes. Now, it is one thing to have political disagreements. Those are natural and healthy. (laughs) Of course. But it is an entirely different thing altogether Altogether. to lose a shared sense of truth, facts, and reality. Hold on a second. second. That's why New York— Is the president not a Democrat? What, What am I missing here? Donald Trump has not been the president of this country for like 17 months. She's talking about a divided nation. We've lost this. We've lost that. And she's dating all this back to Donald Trump. Do you understand how moronic that sounds? And again, the definition of insanity. Keep doing it and expect different results. Keep bashing Donald Trump and expect different results. 
Eric Adams spoke yesterday, too. He's another loser. He has done a terrible job as mayor. And almost every day, something else comes out that depicts him as, quite frankly, quite frankly, a very angry African-American man. Get him out. Yes. Thank you, President Trump. Whether he's talking about white journalists, white cracker cops, calling Ray Kelly and or Curtis Sliwa a racist, Eric Adams, don't be confused by the nice suits and that little smile he puts on. He's a dangerous, angry man. What a stupid son of a bitch. Well, I didn't say that Joe Biden did, but it does make sense. Here's Eric Adams at yesterday's New York State Democrat convention. That accountant that's not in his office space is not going to the cleaners. It's not going to the restaurant. It's not allowing the cooks, the waiters, the dishwashers. It's time to open our state and our city and show the country the resiliency of who we are. We are the party of the possible. And we are the party of the people. And we will continue to lead this state through the challenges of today to the promises of tomorrow right. and the possibilities of the future. Yeah. This is our state yeah. and our city. Let's win it. Let's control it. Yeah. Let's develop it. Yeah. And let's build a stronger, equitable state for the state of New York. It's a mess. The state's a mess. The city's a mess. It has been a mess. And it's been under Democratic leadership for quite some time. Uh, does, has Eric, uh, does Eric Adams realize that, that Andrew Cuomo, Democrat, Bill de Blasio, Democrat, we haven't had a Republican governor since George Pataki. We haven't had a Republican mayor since the days of Giuliani and Bloomberg. Does he realize that while he talks about the city coming back and it's going to be great and all these things? He's another Democrat in a city run by Democrats, in a state run by Democrats that has been falling apart, not even gradually anymore. Now it's starting to fall apart exponentially quick. And they're all Democrats. So what are they talking about? How could they possibly stand up there yesterday, pat themselves on the back, celebrate, talk about saving our cities and our states when they are the ones in charge of our cities and states that are completely falling apart? What am I missing here? I'm not as smart as Bernie, I get that, but what am I missing? Uh, nothing that I can uh, think of. We're not that smart either, to be honest, so. Who, me? Yeah. Oh, thanks. And this, uh, this Joy Behar's got me a language day again, this, uh, the View Girl, you know. Whoopi Goldberg came back this week, I guess that was major news, and I can't stand Whoopi, but I really don't like Joy Behar. Of all the people on that show, she's the one I've got the least amount of patience for. So they were discussing yesterday the mask mandates. And how now Governor Hochul, other blue cities, other blue states have dropped the mask mandates. They're about six months too late. Welcome to the party, folks. I haven't worn a mask in a year and a half. But that's fine. At least they're coming around at some point, right? And most people, they get it. No more masks. Let me get my my booster shot, maybe my second booster shot. And let's just move on. Let's live life. No more masks. Unless... Your Joy Behar on The View. Personally? Personally. Okay. 
Please voice Himalaya. I listen to the little voice in my head mm -hmm. that doesn't really follow 100% what they tell me because they keep changing it. Yep. Right. So, like, very short time ago, they were saying, put the N95 masks right. on, and, they, and now they make sure it's a, And now they're saying you don't have to wear them oh. anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, oh, I, if I go on the subway, mm -hmm. if I go in a bus, if I go into the theater, if I go into, um, where else would I go? A crowded spot. A crowded yeah. place. A crowd. I would wear a mask. And I might do that indefinitely. Mm -hmm. Because why do I need a flu or a cold even? Right. That's and true. so I'm listening to myself right now. I sort of, li I mean, I don't think it's 100% safe yet. She should, wear a mask. A bag. she should wear a mask on TV. That's what she should do. Nobody wants to see that face anyway. Why not wear the mask on TV? Wear that K95 mask while she's sitting there with Sonny Hosting and Whoopi Goldberg. How about that? That's a good idea, right? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I think uh, any any help she can get, she should use it. Yeah, I agree. So we got a monster, monster show coming your way today. Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, who I always say this. I always say he's one of the most talented hosts. He understands radio. He gets it. He'll join us coming up next segment. Coming up at 740, in my opinion, the greatest sports talk show host ever. Part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination in the good old days at WFAN. Christopher Mad Dog Russo stopping by at 740. And a guy that's a star on Newsmax. He's on 8 p.m. every weeknight. Grant Stinchfield, who this week has spent his time exposing Nancy Pelosi. Do you guys realize that Nancy Pelosi, yes, Nancy Pelosi, is worth upwards of a quarter of a billion dollars? quarter of a billion, and most recently made about $30 million on stock trades on big tech. So, Frank Morano, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, Grant Stinchfield, Lydia Reports, Beat Sid, a very exciting Friday edition of Bernie and Sid, and it's only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. <laughs> Is uh, Mariana Rivera coming on the show now? Did I miss something? Oh, the great Frank Morano, who I have dubbed one of the great talents here in New York. In my opinion, matters more than anybody, trust me, because I am a great talent. Mm. He is uh, He's great on the radio. His show, The Other Side of Midnight, is terrific. He discusses everything from politics to uh, UFOs, which is weird. And, um, you know, he That's thinks, right. uh, well, what's his name's a great actor, Bill Shatner. That's kind of weird. But The uh, greatest. The greatest actor ever? The greatest Canadian thespian we've ever seen. Is it Michael J. Fox from Canada? I, I, I will take William Shatner's acting chops over Michael J. Fox any day. You're out of your mind. Uh, well, you, you think Captain Kirk was a better TV character than Alex P. Foley? He, Alex P. Keaton. Uh, Keaton excuse me. Uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who Alex P. Who's Foley Alex is. Foley? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. Axel Foley's cousin. There you go. But um, Alex Keaton and is Michael J. Fox. He's the same character in everything no, he plays. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, you're going to tell me Bright Lights Big City where he's blowing lines at Studio 54 <laughs> is the same as Back to the Future? Uh, you want to? Uh, yeah, I mean, you want to put Ma Marty? You want to put Marty McFly in that Keaton household? It's seamless. Well, you're right. Exactly. I mean, Bill Shatner has done so many different great roles. I can think of uh, Oh None. 
how about Denny Crane? I'm sorry? On Denny Crane, Emmy Award-winning role on Boston Legal. Oh, God, nobody watched that show. No, that, that is not true. Spader. That is not true. Terrible. What else? How, how about T.J. Hooker? Oh, you got to stop it. What? The only people people watch that show because of Heather Locklear. That was it. What? Only because of Heather. That's that, it. So he it, was great you, as T.J. Hooker. You mentioned Captain Kirk. Yeah, that was uh, awful. How about his role as the MC in the Miss Congeniality right, let, let's movies? Move on. This is just yes. ridiculous. My God. He, he's one of the worst actors it's ever. not true. Not and true. Now, now, now I've gone back with Danielle to watch. Because I've made this definitive statement. And yeah. when I do that, I have to at least make sure I'm correct. It's so I've gone back actor. to watch some of the Star Trek episodes lately. I am doubling down. He's the worst oh, television stop. actor ever. And he's, ever. In the, he's in this new movie now with Christopher Lloyd Nobody that I cares. just watched, oh, uh, which, was, which was quite good. You know, I actually saw a movie with Christopher Lloyd last week, which was great. And it's called The Tender Bar. I saw that. That's the uh, George Clooney director. Yes. Film. And, and for some reason, I know that Hollywood hates Ben Affleck. I know they hate him. Ben Affleck was brilliant. He should have been nominated for Academy Award. And George Clooney, neither one was. Neither one was. All right, well, it was a good movie. Oh, Ben Affleck was great. Not good. <laughs> oh, no, that's a good movie, but Bill Shatner's a great actor. Well, I'm Talking to Leonard Nimoy Shatner, about some fictional you know, uh, uh, alien. Shatner and Christopher Lloyd are in the film Senior Moment together, which is very much a reunion for them because you'll recall, Sid, they were in the movie Star Trek III, The Search for Spock together. No, I don't remember that at all. Yes. I remember The Wrath of Khan was uh, Ricardo uh, that Montalban. That was a good one, Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> that was a good uh, Shatner one. and Ricardo Montalban actually never were together. In well, that. you can tell. It was awful. Uh, and this <laughs> movie you're talking about now sounds a lot like a Jack Lemon Walter Matthau type of thing. Uh, it is a little Old bit like man. It. It is, it, so they've done exactly. this before. Yeah, but that's right. okay. Old okay. people need movies, too. Yeah, I got you. All right, tell me uh, this. Yes. Justin Ellick asked me this question today. Oh, and you're much smarter than I am. Hmm. Kathy Hochul was nominated yesterday. Correct. By the Democrat Party. Right. Don't lie. For, what's that? Don't lie. Don't lie about what? I didn't ask you this yes, question. Yes, you did. You asked me this question. No, no, you asked this question of Frankie Diaz. After you asked me the question. Don't worry about the order of things. Right. Okay, so here's the It's thing. like the old lady that swallowed a fly. <laughs> <laughs> so she's nominated now as uh, for governor. Correct. Does that mean that no other Democrats going to run against her? No. It's an excellent question, though. That oh, Justin but so now, had. now that it's a good question, yes. now it's yours, uh, right, Justin? Because no. Th- this has to do with the arcane nature of New York's election law. So, uh, no, no Democrat can run against her unless they get signatures. Now, uh-huh. had Jamani Williams or Tom Swazi gotten twenty five percent of the vote yesterday, and the Republicans are going to go through this with their convention, had they gotten twenty five percent of the vote, they'd be automatically entitled to a spot in the primary without getting signatures. So now, Jamani Williams and Tom Swazi and anyone else that wants to run, they have to go out and collect a minimum of 15,000 signatures from registered Democrats 15, to get on the ballot. Yes. And, and is it is it likely? Is it possible? Yes, very, uh, it's, if both of them make an effort, they can both do it. But Absolutely. neither one really has a chance of winning. Uh, you wouldn't think so, but, you know, it's any given Sunday, right? So you have Hochul, uh, you have uh, Jamani who's running squarely to the left, right? He's trying to occupy that progressive wing. You have Swazi, such as it exists, he's trying to occupy the conservative Democratic lane. Right. And then you have Hochul who st- refuses to take a position on anything, <laughs> so she's squarely in the middle between Maybe the Maybe missionary. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. That's a position. And Mr. Hochul. Only on the Bernie instead of the morning show. We get that type of analysis. All right, so she gets the nomination. Yes. 15,000 signatures can get anybody in, basically, as right. long as you're a registered Democrat. Right. And we, we're looking at Swazi. We're looking at, uh, uh, what's his name? Jemani uh, Williams. Williams. Right. Who else? Um, I think those are going to be the big three, unless there's some Lyndon LaRouche style. There's, there's no race, then. Those other two are well, don't be, don't be so sure, right? So Jamani well, Williams, as the, as the lone black candidate in the race, oh, get out of here. He is, he, you know, there's going to be some oxygen there. The other race that I think is going to be very interesting is the race for lieutenant governor. 
because Swazi's running mate, Diana Reyna, is very capable. She's Hispanic. She's from Brooklyn. And she's running against somebody that has not really won any major elections, Brian Benjamin. So you could have a situation because in New York, they run separately for governor and lieutenant governor in the primary, but together in the general election. You could have a situation where where Kathy Hochul wins the primary and her running mate loses the primary and she ends up with Tom Swazi's running mate. That's happened before. Wow. Uh, remember, Mario Cuomo selected as his running mate in 1982, Carl McCall. McCall right. didn't win the primary. I think yeah. it was uh, Stan the Invisible Man Lundin that won that primary. <laughs> so he ended up with a running mate that was not of his choosing. That could happen. That's a very realistic possibility this year. You're a genius. Well, I'm not a genius. No, you are. I'm watching you do this. I'm one of the few people that actually care about this No, but you you know your stuff. It's incredible. And I'm watching you do this, and I'm going, if you were doing this naked, this is probably the first time you and Rachel made love. That's right. You were talking about all these things. That's right. And you were naked. That's right. And you made love. Is that right? (laughs) That's very true. Nothing gets her hotter than uh, hearing about uh, who Tom Swazi's running mate is uh, is going to be. No, but that's a great thing. You've actually educated the audience and me for that. So thank you very much. And the Republicans, and I know we have a lot of people in the audience that are Republican primary voters, they're going to go through this whole thing as well. And I imagine it's going to be pretty similar. Lee Zeldin, he has a heavy, heavy advantage among the state committee votes. So if Andrew Giuliani or uh, Rob Astorino want to get want to get the signatures, they're going to have to get 15,000 signatures each in order to get on the ballot for that primary. You think Rob Astorino, that's uh, who Bernie has endorsed. And I like Rob very, very much. Great guy, Dalvin fan, Westchester, all that good stuff. Uh, first one to see these planes bringing in the migrants to Westchester Airport. He's a terrific guy. But does he belong in the same sentence as Zeldin and Giuliani in terms of being that competitive in the race? I, I personally don't think so. I, I, don't li- I like Rob, too. He used to work you know, on the same floor as us when and he was at ESPN and we all shared, you know, an office space. But he lost reelection, right? He already lost the governor's race once. And then in addition to losing the county executive spot, he lost a state Senate seat. Right. So if he can't even win a purple state Senate seat, I think it's going to be a very tough case to make to Republican primary voters that he's the best situated candidate to run in the general election. I totally agree. To me, it's a two-man race. It's Lee Zeldin versus Andrew Giuliani. That is a tough, tough race. Right now, I've got to handicap it. Who do you think wins? I, I and it's not because his dad is our colleague, I think Andrew Giuliani ends up winning. You do? I, I do. And uh, I think that name recognition, even though it's the elder Giuliani's uh, name recognition, I think it counts for a lot in Places like Staten Island, where there's a heavy Republican turnout, that name Giuliani opens a lot of doors. So even though Zeldin has all the institutional support, I think Andrew Giuliani is really going to uh, do really well. And with Harry Wilson in this race, who's got a lot of money. Why do you keep mentioning Harry Wilson? Well, because money matters in <laughs> you, politics. You, like, text me. You're like, and don't be sleeping on Harry Wilson. Well, I'm like, who? So money matters in politics. <laughs> I know, Mookie Wilson. And, and Harry Wilson has it. So I think Harry Wilson's support, because there's no ranked choice voting in the primary for governor, Harry Wilson's support comes mostly from Zeldin, uh, because that's institutional support. Whereas Andrew Giuliani, you're more likely to be sort of a, a, a guy that wants to tear down the whole party establishment if you're for him. Has Vito Fasella already distinguished himself as the greatest Staten Island borough president ever? Uh, look, Vito's doing a great job. But to say is he the greatest <laughs> ever, I'm not going to well, go What do you mean he's far. doing a great job? Like what, what does he do on a daily basis that you can say that? Uh, well, the big issue is leading the fight against non-citizen voting. He filed this lawsuit 
to stop this non-citizen voting bill that the city council uh, that the city council adopted. That's pretty significant. Borough presidents don't have a lot of power. And at this point, he's the highest ranking Republican elected official in the city. And he's shown real leadership on that issue of the non-citizen voting. Do you feel like if you are not chosen to throw out the very first pitch ever <laughs> at a Staten Island Ferry Hawk baseball game, that that would be a uh, a huge miss by John Katsimatidis no, and the group that owns the baseball no, team. No, I, I would assume that they could get somebody better than me for the but, first but, but, game. But, 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 who, who's bigger on Staten Island than you? Well, I don't understand. I, look, you got Joe, Joe Teddy Rally, Atlas. You got Vito Vassell. Teddy Atlas. Absolutely right. does a great job. Who's that your foundation. friend with the uh, with the zoot suit? Uh, uh, which one? He's running for controller, I think. It uh, 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 looks like a mobster. Oh, uh, John Tabak. Right, him. You got the Romoros. You know who lives on Staten Island? The Lyle Wilpon, who's actually the nephew of Fred Wilpon. Oh, I didn't know that. His family. Oh. They were like Toad Hill and Slosson or something you like know, that. You know, uh, that is uh, that is yeah. something. Fred had some great stories. Uh, I worked for Fred briefly when he owned the Brooklyn Cyclones, and I worked for the Cyclones. Yeah. Fred had some great stories about uh, growing up with Sandy Koufax and oh, had yes. a great sense of humor. Yeah. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, Gary Perone lives on Staten that, Island. Yeah, if that's for sure. I believe you should be the one, though. I believe nah, I, 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 could, I I think they should give me a game that nobody cares about. But you do want a game. You do believe you're... Oh. you're you should throw out so. the first pitch at some I, point. I'm Staten Island's favorite son. What? Absolutely. You just said you weren't. Now you said you weren't. No, I'm not the best known. Oh, okay. There are people best known. Well, how do, you, how do you get dubbed Staten Island's favorite son? Who, who called you that? Uh, it's uh, it's, it's sort of self-proclaimed. <laughs> but here's the situation, Sid, right? You have three different categories of Staten Islanders. You have most of Staten Island who right. moved there from somewhere else. Mostly right. Brooklyn. Mostly but, Brooklyn. Right. right. So then, Most of those people are in the witness protection program. Oh, stop. That's yes. not true. Yeah. Then you, true. you have people that were born on Staten Island but whose parents parents were born there, whose grandparents were born there, who are second, third, fourth, fifth generation. Then you have most of the people that I grew up with, which they're first generation Staten Islanders. And then as soon as they were able to, they moved elsewhere. They moved to Jersey, Jersey. Pennsylvania, Florida, right. wherever. They went to Manalapan and Marlboro. Exactly. And yeah. then you have me. I am the lone first-generation native Staten Islander who has made a conscious decision to remain on Staten Island. Wow. If so, not literally the only, then I'm statistically close to So them. i got to tell you, uh, forget about throwing out the first pitch. Yeah. Should they rename the Verrazano Bridge? To the Frankie Morano Bridge. No, they just renamed it uh, to correct the spelling. Is that true? They did. And, uh, <laughs> and there was some people critical of, did we really need to go through the changing of the spelling for yeah. Verrazano? But that uh, argument was settled, so I don't see them changing it anytime so soon. So you really love Staten Island. Absolutely. Because, you know, the rest of the people in the other boroughs. I know, like they Brooklyn. love to snicker at yeah. Staten Island. Yeah. Not Donald Trump, though. Donald Trump was actually at the opening of the Verrazano Bridge when it opened. He's he ni- was? 19 years old. He was there, and, uh, I, you know, I, I haven't spoken to Trump in a long time, but before he was president, he told me the story about being there, and he whoa, whoa, said... Whoa, whoa. What do you mean he told you the story? Well, I've met well, him a few times. Oh, I know no, you, you have haven't. Too. No, guys, sure I have. Stop sure it. But he what told- was the last time you hung out with Donald? Where was this? Uh, uh, Trump Tower. <laughs> I mean, this is getting more ridiculous by the second. Well, I, I mean, do you not believe me? Uh, the of last I don't believe you. The last time I was with him was uh, <laughs> I, it was 2016, actually. Where? Uh, in Trump Tower, in the conference room. You were just hanging out. You and, you and no, Trump. No, I was there you for the a Russian spy with James Otto, the former Staten Island Borough president who now works with Bill de Blasio. That's true. And yeah. uh, Michael Cohen happened to be in that Is room. Is that as well. right? Yes. Uh, but uh, I was there for another meeting with Joe Borelli and Donald Trump. But anyway, so Donald Trump's describing how when he was 19, 
they have the architect for the Verrazano Bridge, and nobody was paying any attention to him. He's sitting there uh, off on the side somewhere. Nobody's paying any attention to him. And then all these politicians are being greeted. There, Lyndon Johnson was there. Uh, he's crossing the, the bridge. And that's when he said he made the decision that he was going to put his name on everything. I love it. That's what he said. That's a great story. That is, happens to be true. That's the type of stuff you get every night on the other side of midnight. That's why I always say, and I mean this sincerely, I don't blow smoke up your ass. No. You are great. At radio. Great at it. That's very kind. And that's a great story. It happens to be true. So tonight you'll be with uh, the Kravitz, Kimberly Kravitz. Yeah, Kimberly and and Kyle. Looking forward to seeing both of them. Yeah, they're a cute couple. They are. Yeah. Yeah. And then what else? Anything else good this weekend? Uh, What else do I have uh, How's baby Carmine doing? He's doing great. He slept on uh, Wednesday night. He slept five hours. Wow. I'm waiting for the field report from my wife (laughs) from last night. So so we'll see. (laughs) Well, thank you for stopping in this morning. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. You're always great. Frank Morano, everybody. I'm excited to hear the Mad Dog. Oh, yeah. He's coming on at 7-4. No, you're a big fan. By the way, you're in the book, you know. Citizens Uh, United. I'm flattered if that's true. No, it is true. You're in the book. I cut out of that. No, you're in. You're Wonderful. You can check that out this morning and pre-order the book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Simon and & Schuster. Frank Morano, other side of midnight, does a fantastic job. I love this kid. Thank you for stopping in. Thank As you, you mentioned, Christopher Mad Dog Russo and Grant Stinchfield all coming up on this, the Friday edition of Bernie and Sin. I'm not going anywhere. Okay, good. I know what I'm doing. Good. You don't got to remind me. No, I don't. Putz face. Uh-huh. I don't know what the uh, clip of the day. Oh, it's uh, Cousin Brucey. Yeah. What's he talking about here? Uh, music. Oh, Cousin Brucey talking about music is our 77 WABC clip of the day. Cousin Brucey. Four tops here. You know, there was a group, I think, if I had to put down, probably a group that sounds even better than they did, you know, when they were first on the stage. I'd have to say the four tops. They're like wine. They, they get better with age all the time. Reach out, honey. I'll always be there for you, which is a nice thought. And uh, this is something that I tell you all the time here at WABC Music Radio. We're here for you. And uh, this is your connection. The connection of music, the connection of love, the connection of our lives. And it makes you feel good that something is kind of the same, isn't it? It's fabulous. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. The night after the Nets came back in dramatic fashion from a 28-point deficit to beat the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. I was there with Bill O'Reilly, Tracy Morgan, John Stewart, and a host of others. They're back to losing. Lost last night, 117-103 to the Washington Wizards. Patty Mills had a big night for the Nets. He put in 22 points. But the Nets are now at 31-28. and 28. Believe it or not, just the eighth seed overall inside the Eastern Conference. As they head to the All-Star break, here's their head coach, Steve Nash, after last night's loss. They come together as a team with uh, Kevin returning, Ben returning. You know, hopefully we get a, a good run of health where we can really build something in a short period of time and get to get a... You know, a better seed and also uh, more cohesion going into the playoffs. The New York Post reporting this morning that Nick's brass is very upset with second-year head coach Tom Thibodeau. Thibodeau won coach of the year last year, led the Knicks to the playoffs. Folks inside the Knicks organization believe Thibodeau is the problem with this year's New York Knicks, who continue to struggle, and they want him out. We'll see what transpires with that. Hockey last night, the Rangers back on the ice, uh, ice I should say, at Madison Square Garden. They do not win. They lost 3-2 to two to Detroit. The Rangers are now the sixth seed inside the Eastern Conference. Here's Ranger head coach Gerard Gallant after the loss. 
we came out real flat, obviously, and Detroit took it to us pretty good. And it shouldn't have been. It should have been more than one nothing. But Chesky played real good. So, but the second half we played good, good enough to get back in, and we probably got the one point that we deserved, but no more. On the flip side, the Islanders defeated the Boston Bruins last night. Good win for the Islanders, 4-1. to one. Sports brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day, PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. You, so you self-destruct on every job you get. Well, are you working yeah. now? Yeah, I am working now, actually. Where are you? I'm down in Miami. What, at a radio station? Yes. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. What, what shift are you doing? I'm doing uh, middays. So you have your own show. Got my own show, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on 790 a.m. down in Miami. Is it a sports show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you happy or you feel like it's a come down from working in New York? Um, a little bit of both. Right. I mean, I think I was happy to have another opportunity, but, you know, after being up here for a little while, it's... How long How long have you had that job? I've been there since uh, last November, a year now. A oh, year? So yeah. Without getting fired, no controversy, no Everything racist okay, jokes? Everything okay, going okay? Well, I didn't get fired. Right. <laughs> yeah, so when you would do funny things, I mis- hired you off of a tape. And then he said, this is great. Go on the air and do this. He'd tell you that in private. And then when you'd get in trouble, he'd say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> well, in all fairness to Imus, he really didn't hire me. I was kind of forced upon Imus Howard by uh, Mark Chernoff. You know Mark Chernoff. I know Mark. Yeah. Sure. He was a program director and still is, by the way. Right. And uh, he thought it would be a good idea for me to come over there. And I thought that from the beginning that Don was... was uh, He's an asshole. Uh, yeah, there you go. get enough of that 45-minute, 16-year-old interview with me and Howard Stern. It is funny listening back to how my voice has changed, and that uh, that dynamic alone is uh, interesting. But, um, you know, I told you this story. I went there that day for one reason. Gary Delabate told me you got to crush Imus. And then I found out the day before I'm going back on Imus. So things kind of changed on the fly. But we've got some uh, cool audio. And that was Howard and me back on the Howard Stern Show when he was still on. No, that was already Sirius XM back in uh, 2006, I believe. Yeah, long time ago. Long time ago. Off to a great start already this Friday morning. Frank Morano was terrific. I got so many nice messages yesterday. The Instagram account at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, where once again I do a story every morning previewing the Bernie and Sid Show, whether Bernie's here or not. Talking about the guests that are coming on. And again, we've got Christopher Mad Dog Russo and Grant, uh, Grant Stinchfield still stopping by today. And then, um, you know, I do all these uh, great posts and all that stuff. And then Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg. The radio show, at Bernie and Sid. We've got a really good Instagram page as well, Bernie and Sid. It's Bernie and Sid. And the radio station, at 77 WABC Radio, has the Instagram page as well. But I got so many really nice messages yesterday from folks who love the show. Loved it. And then you get like one or two morons who can't figure it out. 
Well, you were in such a bad mood, I had to shut it off. Folks, folks, folks. I hate doing this all the time. But I, for some reason, I have to. I thought the New York audience was more savvy than this. You heard, me, you heard me tell Howard Stern that it wasn't easy working in Miami for 11 years and leaving New York because New York is the number one media market. This is where the brightest people are. I'm not sure that's the case. I need to explain myself, whether Bernie's here or not. He gets it like two or three times a week. When I'm on the air yesterday and I'm miserable, part of that was true because I always talk about authenticity, and I was miserable. I was angry. But, folks, I ratchet it up two or three notches because that's the theater of the mind. That's radio. It's called drama. That's the shtick. That's the shtick. If you guys want straight news for the millionth time, watch Fox News. Watch Newsmax. You'll get straight news in the morning. That's not this show. Whether Bernie is here or not, I'm telling you that's not the show. We do straight news. We do important stories. We talk about politics. But this is an entertainment variety show first. And that's not going to change. That's who we are. We're not straight news. So you don't know from one day to the next whether it's going to be Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Eric Adams, or the Real Housewives. You don't know. I don't know. Bernie certainly doesn't know. So don't come to this place expecting something every morning. You're not going to get it. I keep telling you this so I could at least set up your expectations. Yesterday was an exaggerated performance. Most of you got it, really, really liked it. Some of you are like, I had to shut it off. You were too angry. If you shut it off, you're a moron. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You missed a great radio show. Does that make sense, uh, Justin? No, but there's a lot of people that uh, we reach. There's a lot of people in New York City. There's a lot of people in the tri-state area that listen to us. But so. what do they expect every morning? Like, what are they expecting? Uh, we've been over this time and time again, what this show is. They're what not, you should expect it, every morning. It's not based on their expectations. They they feel like they're the only people that matter. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, like right. each per, each one of these individuals is so selfish to the degree that they are under the impression that they're the only one you're broadcasting. Oh, I understand. Right. We right. have so many phenomenal people, though. I think we can no, leave no, those the people o- out. I totally agree. The overwhelming, to Luke's point, the overwhelming majority of our listeners are awesome. Right. Luke's a ha- uh, glass half full kind of guy. No, but he's right. It's not he's a matter right. of glass half full. That is a you can't deny that. When I when I'm fighting with Errol on Twitter a couple of days ago, and I see a thousand tweets from loyal Bernie and Sid fans beating his face in, that is our listener. So every once in a while, I go on these rants. That is based on the minority. It's important to say that, Luke. You're right. That is based on the minority. But whether the minority or not, I'm still disappointed at how stupid people are. I just don't get it. Like, I've told you time and time again what this show is. With Bernie, without Bernie, it doesn't matter. It's the same show. We're a variety show first, entertainment show first, and then we do provide news and all that nonsense you guys seem to like. Which I can, you know, I like some days and some days I don't care. But that's it. So if you know that coming in, what are you complaining about? That's the show. You're not going to sit down and watch, for example, in the good old days, you wouldn't sit down and watch Johnny Carson and expect Johnny Carson to delve into politics. The whole, he may bring on a politician. He may. He may not. It may be a comedian. It may be a TV actor. It may be an entertainer. That's this show. 
Why can't people get it? Every day we get multiple phone calls of people, even if they don't like what's happening right now, they say they love the show. The thing I never got was, say, when you go to a restaurant and you don't like it, do you stand up and announce that you're never coming back to the restaurant? Or do you just not come back? Just don't come back. So that we, we, we get a lot of those. But and, and those liars. are the people that... The, the people go, I never listen anymore. I never listen. And Sid this morning said this. Well, well hold on a second. If you never listen anymore... How would you know that I said this? this? We got a ton of that, you know. They're liars. They're not going to, listen, there's no show in this city, whether Bernie's here or not, and God, I miss Bernie like I miss a lung. There's no show in this city that does what we do. Nobody. Not Boomer and Geo, not uh, the guys on WOR. Nobody. Nobody gives you what we give you every day. Every day. So I'm not worried about people leaving. People that say, I don't listen when Bernie's not there. I don't listen when, you're a liar. Because then you go on to document everything I just said. Oh, he's so full of himself. He's so narcissistic. I'm a damn video host. That's the way it's supposed to be. For the guys for the millionth time that are great at this job, that demand millions and millions and millions of dollars, they're all, whether it's Sean Hannity or Don Imus or Rush Limbaugh or Howard Stern, they're not humble guys. Nobody wants humility. They want somebody out there who's bombastic, somebody who's going to provoke, entertain. That's what you got. That's what most oh, That's what most people want. They don't want a guy who's just, I'm okay. I'm good. How's everything? Oh, it's good. It's either great or it's awful. So, again, for the most part, yesterday, people loved that show. And it was fun doing it. We kept smiling at the breaks. We knew the whole time. Yeah, we had a blast. <laughs> we knew what the what the reaction was going to be. Now today I'm in a much better mood. You know why? My producer. Why's that? Because my son's little friend Led is coming in from Boca. And, oh, how about that? And Ava gets to live this incredible life. My daughter, like right now, she's in the United Kingdom. She went to uh, Stonehenge two days ago. She went to visit the University of London yesterday. She's going to all these fancy London places with her boyfriend. My daughter, Ava, lives a great life. Stonehenge is a waste of time, though. She liked it, though. I haven't been there. You've been there? Yeah, I've been there. All right, I'll check it out. And then they've got line. My son goes nowhere. Gaby does nothing, you know. Said he's always complaining. Ava doesn't. So now his best friend, little lead from Boca Raton, is coming in today. In fact, we're picking him up at the airport after the show, me and Danielle, and it's a very exciting day for Gaby, and that makes me happy. So I'm in a much better mood today. Is that his full name, Lead? Lead, yeah. Like what you find in a pencil. What's that? Like Lead, what you find in a pencil. Right, but there's no A. Uh, it's just L-E-D. <laughs> like yeah. an LED light. Right, like that. Right. Are you making fun of my son's friend? He's, no, like, he's no, 13 I'm not years ma- no, old. I'm not making fun of him. He's 13. I'm not making fun of him. He's Jewish. It's a beautiful name. It is? Yeah. I'm not sure it's a beautiful name, but it's like when you get in a pencil. What? <laughs> 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. The phones are open all day. Christopher Mad Dog, Russo, Grant Stinchfield, Lydia Reports, Beat Sid, and all these stories and sound from yesterday's Democrat National Convention here in New York City. It's a big Friday on Bernie and Sid. Keep it right here. Another program director on Facebook says, uh, when Bernie's out, Frank Morano should sit in for now. Nobody sits in with me. No. Frank Morano was great today. Frank Morano, I think, is one of the two or three best radio hosts in this city. It's a pretty uh, ringing endorsement, wouldn't you say? But no one sits in with me. He does it to segment, then we move on. we got a lot to talk about here. 
And I'm going to go back and forth uh, for an hour with Frank about the city council? What are you, nuts? I like the William Shatner conversation. Yeah, that was great. William Shatner is the greatest actor of all time. Who could argue that? Right? What rational human being would argue that Captain Kirk is not the greatest TV character of all time? I think we, you know, we made it clear for the audience our definition of insanity last hour. Right. Or this hour. Yes. And um, I think that applies to this argument as well. Agreed. I will say, what's that? I, I will say, Sid, we talked a lot about Staten Island. I know you love food. No mention of Danino's Pizza. Where is that? Danino's is on, oh boy. Uh, I know it's close to Hooker Place. To my what? Mom, Hooker Place. Yeah, you'd love it. Hooker Place? It's funny enough, it's where my mother grew up, right? Imagine high school. Well, but why would I ever go? First of all, it costs like $1,000 just to go over the bridge to go to Staten Island. That is true. And so why would anybody who doesn't live there ever want to do that? That's a phenomenal question. And like, like Frank said, I think he's the only person who ever made the conscious decision to stay. I mean, a lot of other people have obviously stayed, but he really does love Staten Island, which is, you know, it's, I guess it's cute. You're older than I am. What do you think the ratio is of people who get up and leave Staten Island the first chance they get to the people who stay? 99%. But it's pretty. I mean, there are parts of Staten Island that are absolutely gorgeous. That uh, that Toad Hill, Slauson area, that's gorgeous. But, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a bunch of, uh, the, 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 you know, mobsters and, and uh, wannabe mobsters. And, but you, got, you got the cyclone. <clears throat> the what? The cyclone. You go take a ride on the cyclone. That's in Brooklyn. Oh, you're right. It's in Coney Island. Never mind. Oh, my God. I got my islands mixed up. This is why Frank Rano can't be on the whole hour, because then you wouldn't get a comment like that. <laughs> Ride the cyclone on Staten Island, everybody. Oh, my God. Hour number two, Bill O'Reilly's morning message. And the great Christopher Mandor Russo with Taylor Swift taking us out. Bernie and Sid, back after the news. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. starts every morning. Boom. When uh, Bernie is here, Bernie sends this uh, long email every night with like 90 pieces of audio. And when Bernie is not here, I said nothing. But uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Justin Ellick. He still puts together a an audio sheet. 
And that is the uh, the sound cuts you hear throughout the show. Whether I introduce it, Bernie introduces it, that's what you hear about the show. So um, yesterday, of course, was day two of the New York State Democratic Convention. So I come in this morning, and Justin Alec is already hard at work. What, what time do you get here? Uh, when Bernie's in, I get here um, usually by latest, 3 o'clock in the morning. Wow. Usually closer to 2.30. And when he's not here? When he's not here, yeah. um, I get here... I get here by 3.30. Right. I ask much less of you, actually. So he does ask an awful lot, which is great because all the stuff that he asks of you, we do use when he is here. Well, also, naturally, it just takes less time to prepare one host as opposed to two. There you go. Right. So this morning, though, you prepared a lot of stuff here. I've got 17 cuts. That's a lot for a Sid Solo show. Yesterday, you had 20, my man. Is that right? Yeah. I don't use them. I think I use like five of them. No, but they're there if you want them. Well, this is this is great because today when you look at this list, these it's a list of crazy people. I mean, just crazy people. They're out of their minds. Look at this list. Eric Adams. Crazy, yes or no? Yeah. Andrea Stewart Cousins. Crazy. Kathy Hochul. Uh, insane, as we defined earlier. Letitia James. Out of her, out of her mind. Hillary Clinton. Cuckoo. Jen Psaki. Wacko. Joe Biden. Oh, Jesus. Joy Behar. Not even from this planet. Ben Howard, who I love. So you have a bunch of, uh, and he's even crazy. So that is today's list. There's no, uh, there's nobody, there's no Donald Trump today. There's no Ted Cruz. There's no Rudy Giuliani, John Katsimatidis. Nobody that's, uh, that you can, you know, at least, at least uh, listen to with, with a semblance of hope. That uh, they got the right answer. And these people are all, they're, they're, they're nuts. Yeah. I just, I, today, I, today, especially since it's Friday, I really wanted to drive you crazy heading into the weekend. Well, it's not so. going to work. I'm, it's not going to happen today. You're going to be so today. crazy, Sid. You're going to go ride the cyclone on Staten Island. Right. Who doesn't love doing that? Who doesn't love going to Staten Island for a nice ride in the cyclone? And we're really going to harp on that? I, oh, mean, for, on, I had a brain fart. That, that, we're going to play problem. that forever. That's never going away. That's the beauty about the internet and radio. It, it, it doesn't go away. Like, I'm still paying for stuff I said on I Mr. Show 22 years yeah, ago. You're going to pay for that. Yeah. So Andrea Stewart-Cousins, the Senate Majority Leader, who I opened up a can of whoop-ass on a couple of days ago, and it led to this Twitter war between me and Errol Lewis. She's uh, the lady, you may remember, who said that uh, criminal bail reform is not an issue, not a catalyst when it comes to crime. So she's not worried about bail reform, right? But she is worried about climate change. That, my friends, is the definition of crazy. That right there. Don't worry about bail reform. Oh, don't worry about getting pushed in front of a subway or knifed 40 times in your Chinatown apartment. But climate change, that's going to kill you. Here's Andrea Stewart-Cousins at the convention yesterday. This is cut number two. But we can't reliably invest in the decades to come if we don't prioritize our environment. (laughs) Solvent climate policy must underpin all of our work because without it, there's no future. Right. That's what she's worried about. Right. The glaciers may have moved one one billionth of an inch. That's what she's worried about. That's going to kill us all. Not the crime. Not these maniacs, these uh, crazy people running the streets with weapons looking to murder innocent people. That's not the issue. It's the glaciers. These are the folks that you vote for, just so you know. Not you guys, because this audience is predominantly conservative and Republicans and smart. There's a few of you that, you know, well, only God can help. But um, for the most part, you guys here at least seem to get it. Let's play some more of this Hillary Clinton stuff. 
she's uh, so obsessed with Donald Trump, as she should be, because I'll never forget that, uh, that day before the election. And she was all set up at the Jacob Javits Center. Big party. All kinds of food, a big band. It was going to be the celebration of a lifetime. The first ever female president, a Clinton, was going to beat Mr. Reality TV star. It was done. It was finished. It was a, she was ready to rock and roll and party. Oh, and then something happened. Remember that? How could I forget? But the good news is, seemingly, she's gotten over it. And she has moved on. <laughs> Here's Hillary Six. Fox leads the charge with accusations against me, counting on their audience to fall for it again. And as an aside, they're getting awfully close to actual malice in their attacks. We can't get distracted, whether it's by the latest culture war nonsense or some new right-wing lie on Fox or Facebook. Not a lie. By the way, they've been coming after me again lately, in case you... Might have noticed. Mm. It's funny. The more trouble Trump gets into, the what? wilder in the charges what? and conspiracy theories what? about me seem to oh. get. Is Trump in trouble? What am I, miss- what am I missing here? I-, I know Letitia James has this nonsensical lawsuit against his, his business, and uh, they're still um, you know, joking themselves off with January 6th. What am I missing here? Is Trump in trouble? He's been, quote-unquote, in trouble since uh, 2016. Yeah. So. So he's in big trouble now, so that's why Fox and him, is, they're going up to Hillary Clinton, the same lady that deleted 33,000 emails, the same lady that lied about Americans being raped and tortured in the streets of Benghazi, the same lady that foundation took money from countries that throw gays off of roofs, the same lady that's got her fingerprints all over Vincent Forster and maybe a hundred other people's deaths all across this country. What in God's name is she talking about? That's right, I said it. That's right, I said it. You notice every time I say something that's close to brilliant, Mark Levin takes the credit? Yeah. Isn't that weird? I love Mark Levin. Can we get him on the show one of these days? You know, he does love this show. I mean, he loves it. It's a nonsense. That's where I got I think, I think he caught it once or twice on a trip to Virginia, bud. That's where I got my uh, great skills behind the board. Okay, great. That's a good story. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> can you book him for next week if, if he's your guy? I don't, I don't know. I don't know him personally anymore. No. I never really knew him. He never came in to do the show. Did you ever talk to him like on the like on the on the uh, before the show? Or is... Yeah, well, the way. We're well, how did it go? Let me call. So if I'm Mark Levin, I go, "Hey, what's going on?" And what do you say? I would say I'm good, sir. I called him, sir. He would ask you how you're doing. Yeah, if no, he was no, in a he good enough mood. No, no, he, if he was wouldn't. in a good enough mood. So, what was the conversation usually about? Um, nothing, uh, nothing, nothing substantial, really. Just about show. Uh... Show elements. How and often? Stuff like that. In, uh, how often do you think uh, you spoke to him in your lifetime? Ten times, twenty times, fifty times? Well, every time I ran the show, which was uh, probably close to, f- definitely more than fifty times. And you would say uh, good morning, or oh, excuse me, good evening, Mark, and something like that. It would go. Yeah, you would check in. Literally, you would go on the air six oh six. You would check in at six oh three. Right, and he would say, "Who do we have today? What are we doing?" Like I would do. How would it go? Uh, you know. It, no, not really. I mean, he, he was less involved in the uh, in the prep of the show. You never spoke to the guy once, did you? <laughs> not one time. I never had like a conversation. Right. I never that's said, what I'm never talking said, about. No, I never said, hey, how's the family, Mark? That's what I'm talking no, about. No, that never happened. All right. So January 6th is still a, <laughs> a talking point. I was still talking about January 6th. I just, I don't get it. As I've said time and time, any given night, summer of 2020, in any one of these cities, Seattle, Portland, Atlanta, 
New York, Chicago, more people died, more stuff was damaged. I, I don't understand why we keep talking about January 6th. You know, uh, somebody put on Twitter the day I was fighting with Errol Lewis. Oh, Sid's a liar anyway. Don't forget, he's on the same team as the folks that um, say January 6th doesn't matter when five cops died. Five cops died? How did I miss that story? As far as I know, one cop died, and they lied about that. They said he got hit with a fire extinguisher. He got murdered. He didn't. He died of natural causes. Brian Squidlin, whatever his name was. But there's somebody on Twitter who got a lot of likes, people agreeing that five cops died. That's because people don't know. Like, they don't know. They just regurgitate whatever they hear. But it's wrong. Yeah, well, it is wrong because what they're hearing, they generalize it. And then in their brains, over enough time, they actually start to believe this nonsense that their brain has then conjured. That's right. So Hillary Clinton feels like January 6th. Now, here's, here's what I don't get. If January 6th was such a horrible day and people like Hillary Clinton, Democrats, have said that January 6th is right there. You ready for this? Is right there with 9-11. January, well, 3,000 people died. January 6th is right there with Pearl Harbor. They've actually said this. So why would they ever, ever speak about that day in good terms if it was that deadly and that awful? Yet, yesterday, Hillary Clinton described that day as a gift. When the Republican Party officially embraces violent insurrection as legitimate political discourse, when storming the Capitol, assaulting police officers, trying what? to overturn an election, what? are being normalized. What does happen? We are in uncharted territory. I agree. If that happens. Republicans are defending coup plotters. Oh. They're curbing voting rights at precisely the moment when democracy needs champions. January 6th last year was a gift to them. A gift. Because they know something we need to remember. America is only as strong as our unity and our democracy allows us to be. I got it. Now I got it. So when Donald Trump is in power, there's no unity. Hey, now we've got now, we got great unity now, and there's no democracy. So I guess any time the Democrats need to, I don't know, feel like they got a chance to win, all they have to do is mention Donald Trump. Isn't that right, Hillary? Number nine. I know many of us hoped that defeating Trump would start to heal our divisions. Oh. I certainly did. Right. Kick your ass. That maybe, just maybe, face. madness would break. Uh-huh. But now it should be clear to all of us that the struggle for unity and democracy is far from over. No kidding, because your president, who's a Democrat, is a waste of time. And by the way, he kicked your ass, Hillary Clinton. And you should be in jail. There was a bunch of people who were standing outside the Sheraton Hotel in New York City yesterday that were screaming that uh, locker-up stuff. I like that. This is uh, number 10, the protesters. God bless all of them. Well, come on. <laughs> yeah. So this Durham investigation is still going on. Durham is out there trying to prove that the Hillary Clinton campaign actually spied on Donald Trump. And there's no question they did it. I can't tell you how much they did it, what capacity. I can't tell you that. Durham is going to tell you that. But um, good luck getting any answers 
from Joe Biden or Jen Psaki or Hillary on any of that. In fact, here is Jen Psaki yesterday dodging the Durham question. Again, I, I know you asked my colleague a few questions about this the other day, uh, but I would point you any questions about this to the Department of Justice. What? What did you say there? You didn't listen to it? I did, but did she answer the question? I don't no, know. of course not. She dodged the question. Did Hillary Clinton talk about this yesterday? No. You said she did in our pre-show meeting, like, like you used to do with Mark Levin. We just played it. She said Fox and Trump are coming. Oh, you might have seen lately they're coming after me. Oh, but she didn't mention Durham by name. No, of course no, no. not. Why would she do that? I, I don't know, because Durham is looking to get her. So then this, uh, the attorney general, this Letitia James, she's another horrible person. Terrible person. Yeah. She is. She's another one. The, 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 it's, everything is falling apart, and she's out there worrying about Donald Trump's business. That's all she cares about. Another person struggling with, if not completely infected with, Trump derangement syndrome. So she's at this stupid convention yesterday, and she talks about Trump's term being a nightmare. I would give anything to get Trump's term back tomorrow. Here's Letitia James, five. And after the national nightmare of the former president, yeah. Democrats realized what, call what this was now? at stake. Yeah. And we elected Joe Biden as our president. Yeah, that went well. Look, there's like six people clapped. And yeah. Kamala Harris as the first woman of color vice president oh. of oh, the United States job. of America. Oh, she's done a great job. Yeah, that's my first woman of color. Shut up. Nobody cares anymore. Black, Chinese, girl, boy, penis, vagina. Nobody cares. Just get the damn job done. Kamala Harris is the worst vice president in the history of that office, and Biden's the worst president. Yeah, Joe Biden took over. Hey, things are going splendid. Inflation, supply chain shortage, the borders are a complete mess, 13 dead heroes in Afghanistan because Biden doesn't know what he's doing. Race divide is bigger than ever. What am I missing, Letitia? What is Joe Biden, other than the fact he's got a D before his name, which could be Dick? Outside of that, what has he done that you would even mention his name yesterday in any in any glowing terms? And Kamala Harris, are you kidding me? God bless her. <laughs> yeah, there she is. He slept the way to the top. I don't care about that. Right. Good for her. I wouldn't want her to be my wife or my daughter, but if she did, good for her. If you're going to sleep your way to the top, at least get to the top and do something with it. Letitia James. You're upset. She's black. That makes her great. That's who we are in society today. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, that's it. If you're black, you're great. If you're Eric Adams, you're black, you're great. If you're Letitia James, it's not about a black-white thing because Joe Biden's white. And he's a complete waste of time. But that's how it is. Letitia James is black. She's great. She's a waste of time. And if you're black and a woman, look out. Look out, right? Yeah. You go undefeated. That's why Michelle Obama's going to run and win the presidency. It's going to happen, I'm telling you. They're going to come to the quick realization Hillary can't win. She's not going to beat Trump. Pete Buttigieg can't win. Joe Biden can't win. He won't even run. Kamala Harris can't win. They got, they got to get Obama. They got, they, got to, they got to convince Michelle Obama to do this, which I don't think they can do. Anyway, we got Christopher Mayor Russo, Grant Stinchfield, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, Lydia reports, Beat Sid, and all your phone calls. The exciting Friday edition of Bernie and Sid continues right after this. 
Justin, I have to make a, uh, an admission to you right now. It's an uncomfortable admission, but I have to make it. Do you need permission? Go ahead. Well, I thought about not doing it. It's a very short segment here because we've got Cousin Brucey, clip of the day. we got traffic. we got sports. And then the legend himself, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. So I thought about not doing this admission. But I feel like I need to. It'll, it'll make me feel better. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're wasting time with this whole little, you know, disclaimer or whatever you want right, to call this right, right. spiel. It's a no. bit. Let him do the bit. Thanks, Luke. You haven't figured this thing out yet, have you? How to do my job? Well, I'm not wearing underwear today. I never wear underwear. Why? It's too restricting. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you what happened with me. So I got to take my clothes out the night before because I get up so early in the morning. If I make a noise, I wake up Danielle. And I get this. Come on! So I take everything out the night before. So I tiptoe out of the bedroom and go into the living room and get dressed. And this morning, I was, I almost had an anxiety attack. I saw my socks. I saw my sport jacket. I saw my shirt. I saw my pants. And I did not see boxer shorts. And I sat there for literally 10 minutes and considered going back into the bedroom, opening up the drawer, grabbing the boxer shorts, and running out. And I said, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to be able to open the drawer. She's not going to wake up. I'll grab the boxers. She's not going to wake up. And as soon as I get to the door, I'll, like, bump into something and she'll wake up. And then she's mad at me all day. So I just decided to um, just go without him today. Smart move. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. She gets so mad. I don't blame her. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, come on. You're like one of those uh, simps. Oh, what is that? It's like the... It's like the... Uh... Ask Gabe. He'll explain it. Gabe will know? Yeah. Gabe well, should, he should know. Maybe should know, too. Okay. It's like the current term, you know, how they used to say, oh, you're whipped. Well, I, I think I'm just... No, I don't, that's not nice. I, I think I'm just considerate. Well, she's your wife. Right. So at that point... Right. We're whipped. You, you might, you I'm might, married 30 years. Right. You might as well be... I'm considerate. Right. If you're going to be whipped to anybody, you might as well be whipped to your wife. So am I whipped or am I considerate? I'd say a little bit of both. It's a nice cocktail of the two. <laughs> Interesting use of words. We uh, we got uh, traffic. We got sports coming up next. But it is time now for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Let's go to the legend himself. Saturday night rock and roll party. 6 to 10 every Saturday right here on WABC. The great Cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey. Hey, listen, this is a special feature. Uh, you're going to enjoy this very, very much. I'm your cousin, Brucey, and you're listening to me, perhaps in a uh, a toaster, a bread box, or a refrigerator. You know, isn't it amazing? I keep thinking about how many different devices you could listen to WABC radio on. What a difference when we first went on, right? You had the little transistor AM radio, which a lot of you still listen on, which I love. But today, anything goes. Cousin Brucey.
No, I was talking to um, to Bill O'Reilly when we went to the nickname together two nights ago, me and O'Reilly. And he asked me about Pat Riley. He read in my first book, my second book, Citizens United. You can pre-order it right now, folks. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Simon & Schuster. He read in the first book, uh, Riley's Chapter. And he said, are you are that close to Riley? I said, not that close, but yeah, we had a nice relationship. And he went down to Miami, and we furthered that relationship. And the only guy I know, besides Pat Riley, that loves Springsteen more than Bruce himself is Chris Russo. Now, Dog, in my estimation, and this is our show, so it's the only opinion that matters, is the greatest sports talk show host in the history of the business. Part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination. He's still magnificent. Channel 82, Sirius XM, 3 to 6, every weekday afternoon. And he does the best baseball show on television. 1 p.m. every afternoon, high heat on the MLB Network. Good morning, Dominic. With that said, here he is, my dear friend, Chris Russo. Dog, good morning, pal. How are you? Sydney, how are you today, buddy? What's been going on? Things good? What do you have? Things are good. I, I, I do appreciate you reaching out to me a couple of weeks ago. I, I've been doing a lot of solo shows lately because your friend and mine, a guy you know for a very, very long time, Bernie, has been pretty sick, and uh, he's not here again today. I did pass along, Doggy, that you sent me a text about him, and he did want me to tell you that he loves you and thank you so much. Yeah, how's he? Uh, what is the latest? Is he doing better? Or what can you tell me? Anything interesting now? Uh, not really. I mean, he's back at Sloan Kettering again today for his second round of chemotherapy. He's missed quite a bit of work. He's weak. He doesn't feel great. So I'm not a doctor. I don't have a long-term prognosis. Uh, I pray every day he's going to be okay. We talk every day. I love him. But uh, at this point, I don't have a lot of good things to say, to be honest. He's tough. He's tough. He's a feisty guy. He's tough. He's in great shape. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Bernie's got a lot to do with the reason why I'm sitting here today. I can tell you that. He found those tapes, gave them to Imus back in 1988, and here I am. Go ahead. What's Is that true? He's actually tried to convince me of that. You know, He also kind of found Mike Breen. Actually, he introduced uh, Roe, Mike Breen's wife, to Mike Breen many years ago. And he has said to me before, he's kind of taken the credit for you at WF. Man, is that true? He got you the gig, basically? Well, that's what he's always told me, that he said, you got to listen to this guy who's on WMCA. And he got Imus these tapes. This is back probably, again, uh, you know, late 80s. I got to MC, I got to FAN in uh, Christmas of 88. So this would have been probably the summer of 88. And I do think he had a lot to do with it. Imus is not going to float around a dial looking for Christopher Russo on WMCA. <laughs> right. But Bernie would have. So Bernie had a lot going on with uh, me getting to WFAN at its inception, essentially, a year and a half after. Um, in the late 1980, uh, 1988, and then, of course, with Imus doing all those morning sports in the spring of 89, prior to Mike and the Mad Dog, Bernie had a lot to do with that, too. So wow. the Rafino bernie charles McCord combination had a lot to do with uh, the growth and the, you know, the, just the building up of Christopher Russo, so I am indebted forever. Wow, how about that? That is great. Uh, that is a great... i tell you what, you know, you talk about Hymas. You've been at SiriusXM for quite some time now, dog, and you built up a great audience there. The show is is fantastic. But I will tell you that I, I listen to Howard in the afternoons. I'm on the same time as Howard in the morning. So, But I do like to go back and listen to his interviews. I don't hear you a lot on that show anymore. I thought you were great with Howard Stern. Well, why are you on so much anymore? Uh, I did April 6th of last year. That was the first time I had been on in a long time. I did an hour and, I don't know, 
probably an hour and 52 minutes. It was a long, long It was great. Spot. It was great. You were talking about edibles, I, which I do, all that stuff. <laughs> that's right. Talking about the edibles. And I told him, hey, I want to be on here prior or, or sometime in the next year. And here it is. We're approaching April 6th again. And not a word. He did give me a nice shout-out with Al Michaels last week. When yes. Michaels was up in L.A. I heard that. So that was nice. Yeah, yeah but, uh, you, know, you know, Howard, you know, it's almost like I'm too close. I'm around and everything else, so he kind of forgets about me. But, again, nobody. I mean, he make a sanitation man sound incredibly interesting. Nobody, but nobody does a better job uh, interviewing people than Howard Stern. I can promise you uh, that. Listen, nobody. that's not even up for debate. I agree a thousand percent. He is head and shoulders the best at that in the history of the business. And to be honest, I've stolen a lot of my shtick from, uh, from Howard. Now, dog, uh, talk to us about uh, baseball. Again, uh, you heard my, my commercial moments ago. We talked about baseball's not back, and Met fans are excited about Max Scherzer, Yankees getting ready. But right now, of course, they are still locked out. 15-minute meeting yesterday. They got nothing done. You cover baseball on your show and that great TV show. Are uh, you at all confident that somehow or another they're going to figure this thing out, or do you think we're in store for a long delay to this year's baseball season? Well, I thought overall that they would get something done between February 15th and March 1st. I said that back in December. I thought after the Super Bowl, I knew the players were really ticked off about that last agreement. I thought maybe between uh, end of Super Bowl and March 1st. Now, yesterday, uh, again, that was alarming. Last Saturday was alarming when the, play- when the owners gave them their proposal and the players were, quote-unquote, unimpressed. You did. Jeff Passon did report last night that it sounds like they both sides are going to fly in and do multiple bargaining sessions beginning Monday. So that made me a little more encouraged that finally we could get a little headway and they can lock themselves in a room, order sandwiches at midnight, and go through these uh, issues that they have one by one and sort of chip away. And that's what Passon said last night. You know, I haven't gotten that confirmed. I'm sure Jeff was right. So maybe that was a sign of a thawing and at least an awareness that, you know, if you want to save opening day, you basically got about 10 days to do it. Wow. Because I do not think, I do not think that baseball will, um, will rush spring training. I don't think they're going to have a two-week spring training just to get the games in. And nor do I think that baseball is going to push back past October for the season because that's their window for the World Series, so they're not going to finish it in November. Nor do I think the owners are going to go out there and schedule a million doubleheaders to make up the 162, because they lose the home dates, and they got to pay the players the, the full salary of 162 games. So they're not going to do that either. So if you don't get something done by you know March 5th, March 8th, you're going to not have your typical March 31st bunning, flyovers, 50,000 in every stadium, uh, for an opening day. So I think they realize that, and maybe Passion's tweet last night indicates that we'll get something done in these next 10 days. At least they're going to seem like get together, Sid, and we'll see what happens there beginning next week if you want to count, if you want to call it 
round-the-clock negotiations. The great Christopher Mayer Dog Russo here in the Burning and Sit in the Morning Show on Talk Radio 77. WABC, Doggy 3 to 6, weekday Sirius XM and 1 o'clock MLB Network High Heat. I tell you what, though, this Angel story coming out of baseball, dog, is a really, really gross and sad story. Tyler Skaggs, a pitcher, he passed away from overdosing on drugs. Turns out the guy in the Angels organization has been found guilty of providing the drugs. But the scary part for New York fans is Matt Harvey, former New York Met great, who was also on the scene there. And now we find out he was suicidal. He had a huge drug problem. How ugly has this Matt Harvey story gotten there, dog? Yeah, very true. Uh, you know, Harvey's never going to pitch again, I don't think, in the big leagues. He hadn't been pitching well anyway. Last year, the Orioles. You know, I did cocaine in New York. I mean, you know, Terry Collins seemed to indicate that he had something. He had suspicions that something was up. Uh, the Mets didn't do anything about it. Yeah, it looks bad, 100%. And, I listen, uh, nobody is going to defend Kay, um, but it's not like he was plowing around a junior high school and handing out drugs the 15-year-old kids. Right. He right. did not sell the drugs to Skaggs. He was the middleman for Skaggs. Skaggs gave him the money, and he found, and you know, and it was Skaggs' source. And when Skaggs needed the drugs, pills, you know, obviously uh, Kay fetched them. You know, you know better than anybody that a lot of PR directors who go on road trips or hang out with teams, when the baseball player wants a bacon egg, bacon egg and cheese sandwich. They run the guy out to go get it for yep, him yep. before game time. Yep. You know, there's a there's a case of you're almost the gopher uh, when you're in that role for a ball club for the major league player. So to me, a minimum 20 year sentence on a guy, 27 year old baseball pitcher who you know who got himself wrapped up in this. Uh, that to me seemed a bit harsh. I mean, that's me. I'm sure the jury didn't have anything else to go on. But Kay didn't make any money on this. Now, Kay was a user, too. So they used the drugs together. And Kay, you know, there's culpability there. And he works for the Angels. And he's buying, he's getting drugs for the player. So he's got to go. Something has to happen to him. But 20 years? I don't know. That seemed a little harsh. I, it, it was. It was very heavy-handed. It was too much. I could not agree more. A few more minutes with the great Chris Russo. Doggy, the Super Bowl is a couple of days old now. Uh, the game was great. No one could argue that. Anytime there's a last possession, either team can win. You got a good football game, and both teams stepped up in that fourth quarter, especially the Rams, I should say. But a lot of us are still really upset what we saw at halftime. Snoop Dogg is only a couple of months away from writing a song about killing cops. Take your guns. Don't kill our brothers in the street. Go kill cops instead. Dr. Dre made a statement about the cops. That moron Eminem, he took a knee during the performance. I know you do sports on your show, Chris, but were a lot of people calling your show complaining about these guys doing the halftime show? No, I didn't get into that. Um, I know I stayed away from it, and uh, I did not many have calls. Uh, most people are annoyed about how Cincinnati ran their offense uh, in the last three <laughs> plays. Uh, a lot of people are annoyed about the non-call or the call on the hold. They hadn't made those calls all day, and they called it on a linebacker. Now, you got you can't go crazy there because Cincinnati did score a touchdown where they shouldn't have on the offensive pass interference, so it's almost tit for tat. But I don't know why you haven't called those penalties all game, and all of a sudden they throw a flag with a minute to go. On a hold there at the 10-yard line. Terrible. Which wasn't a hold. Yes, that was terrible. a very quirky call. I agree. And then I guess, and then I guess the, um, 
the Bengals, my buddy Mike Lombardi tweeted this. I guess the Bengals, I guess the Rams are offsides, uh, not offsides, moved illegally before the snap on one on that specific play with the hold at the eight-yard line with Cup, and it should have been a five-yard penalty. Now, I have not seen that, but that was a big shout-out this week, too. But we did not get into the halftime scenario. That is, to me, that is, that's a no-win situation. You'll make one side happy by getting into it, but then you make the other side upset. True. I'm a sports talk show host. There's no need for me to go there. Somebody brings it up, I might have an opinion. But for the most part, I, tr- I try to stay away from that because in this divided country, I'm a host, a sports host. Right. That's not going to get me anywhere. I got fans on both sides of the aisle. You do. So you I do. did not spend too much attention. But here's the deal. Right now, you're on WABC. You're not on a sports show. By the way, this is a very one-sided audience. So if you want to give your opinion here, doggy, you could feel free. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, <laughs> that's fair. I could do it there, but I, I, I did stay away from it. Um, right. I thought the game was a. I thought the game was a decent. I don't think the game was a great. Game. No, it wasn't great. It was a good game. Straight, yeah, it was a good. Yeah, game. There were seven straight punts. There were seven straight punts in the second half. Yeah. So uh, I don't think the game was a great game. And I'll tell you right now, one thing I would say about the game that bothered me about Cincinnati, they make it sound like. Well, we'll use this as fuel. This is first of many chances. Take it easy. You got Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert in that conference. Dan Marino said the same thing. Never got back to a Super Bowl. So the idea that Cincinnati seems to think uh, that we'll be at multiple Super Bowls, that's a bunch of nonsense. Right. How do we know that? You don't. They had a chance there. They should have won that game. I agree. And they had a chance to let it slip away. So let's see if that comes back 30 years from now to bite them. Well, I'll tell you this, and we'll we'll wrap it up here. And it's always great to talk to you, Chris. I miss you. I love you. You, You've always been great to me. But the Dan Marino story, there's a true story. So he just lost to Joe Montana in San Francisco in the Super Bowl. They go back to the locker room. They shower. There's a limo waiting outside for Dan Marino. Dan Marino gets into the limousine, doggy, with Jimmy Cepelo, Nat Moore, a bunch of Dalton players, right? And they're all sitting in the back of the limousine. They got booze in there. They got down Perignon. And they all have long faces. And Marino gets in the car and he goes, guys, what's with the long faces? And Jimmy Seppolo goes, Dan, we just lost the Super Bowl. And Dan goes, what are you worried about? We'll get back. <laughs> Never got back. Never got back. I'd be careful. Getting to these games is very, very difficult. Cincinnati might rule the day that, I remember, they've lost three Super Bowls as a franchise by 11 points. Right. Right. Uh, you know, so it's not like, you know, they, Minnesota, and Buffalo now have the distinction. You know, it was Minnesota 0 4, Buffalo is what, 0 4, and yep. now they're 0 3. So uh, that, was a, uh, that was a game they really should have won. That boy drop on third and nine with six minutes left, which probably would have given him a first down, was a huge play in that game. Agreed. Hey, Doggy, thank you for calling in this morning. You're, you're always the best. You're still the best. And continued success. And love having you on, buddy. Let's uh, let's go have lunch one of these days. You could actually buy, okay? <laughs> I'll buy it and say hello to Bernie for me, most importantly. I will. Uh, hold on. Now, now, do you know Chad Lopez, yeah. uh, Dog, from uh, from WFAN and CBS? Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Dog, first off, it's great to hear your voice. And to hear it on WABC is amazing. So thank you. You probably wouldn't remember me, but you would have run into me because I was one of the sales guys that was uh, pushing you and – it was great selling you, but you know it's interesting because yesterday I had a conversation with Joel Hollander, right? So he wanted me to tell Sid how great he's doing, and I know he's listening this morning, and he's probably like, "That's pretty cool that you got uh, Mad Dog on with you." So thank you for joining us this morning. All right, Chad, love to do it. Sid and I go way, way back, so um, I really appreciate. It. Hollander was a big boy, you know. He 
was very instrumental in my career. He's another one. It was about seven or eight. Yeah. And, the old, and Mike Francesa, let's be, let's, him too. I mean, but there's about seven or eight guys, and uh, Bernie's one, Don is two, and Hollander is three. No question about yeah. it. Yeah. And Sidney does a hell of a job. Sidney's done a great job of resurrecting himself. Yes, and he's he has. got himself a great form here. Well, wow, thank job. you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you very much, John. I repeat Chad's point. Thank you for coming on our stage. And it's big to get you on, and you're the all-time best. And continued success. We'll talk again very soon, buddy. Thank you. All right, Sidney. Thank you, pal. Appreciate it. My man, the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo. So so you you saw him. You were in uh, sales. You were working. Was it Lee Davis? Who was your guy? Uh, yeah, Lee Davis was uh, was running it. Uh, turn off, obviously. Right. Um, uh, Joel Hollander. Right. Right. Uh, Joel. Joel promoted me to uh, VP of Sales for oh, WFAN, so you... uh, 1010 Win CBS AM, Yankee Baseball. So you okay. did work for Joel back then. Yes. Yes. Oh my yes, God. I worked for Joel Endless. So, so you go. You, you go back to the days of Mike and the Mad Dog. Yeah. And Chris yeah absolutely. And... I That's know. funny. It's, it's great yeah. to hear his voice on yeah. here. on our so. station, baby, on WABC. That's what we do. Thank you, Chad. All right. Thank you, Chris Russo. We'll do more. Got a lot more to do. Only halfway through the Friday edition of this epic edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning. Only right here on Talk Radio seventy seven. WABC. Just stop your crying, it's a sign of the times. Welcome to the final show. Hope you're wearing your best clothes You can't bribe the door on your way to the sky You look pretty good down here But you ain't really good We never learned we've been here before Why are we You know, it's, um, it's like Cloudy outside and uh, rainy, and I have not listened close enough for the weather report all day. It's just, you know, we do the shows here from these gorgeous studios that John Katsimatidis, good morning, John, and Margot and Chad, and everybody built. John, really. And uh, the gorgeous. We didn't have a window at the last place, Penn Plaza, Madison Square Garden. It was really old and antiquated, really. Now, this place is uh, state-of-the-art. It's gorgeous. And we do have these windows overlooking 3rd Avenue and also 49th Street. So you could actually stand outside. You could be right now by Smith & Molensky Steakhouse and give me the finger. And I would see you. So now I hope like 30 guys come and do that. That would be really cool. But um, on a cloudy day, it gets kind of gloomy, you know. Sunny day gets rough, too, because then we have to put down the shades because it gets too bright in here. But uh, cloudy days... Well, cloudy days in New York City, anyway, are very depressing. I don't know why, but I just, I've lived in other cities, especially Florida, and uh, even the rain even smells good in Florida. But cloudy, rainy days in New York, for some reason, like I've been to London when it rains, it always rains, not nearly as depressing. New York is just depressing when the weather's not nice. Yeah, I mean, well, London's known for it. But, so. it, but I still love London, so like my daughter is there right now. Led is on an airplane from Boca Raton to Florida. Big weekend in the Rosenberg apartment. Led and Gaby. We hanging out all weekend long. In fact, I got a, uh, a party tomorrow night. You know Tony Oso, my friend Tony? Of course. He uh, is the guy that got me to uh, hand out backpacks to the homeless. I mean, Dolores did too, but whatever. He's the guy now. 
And um, his J- group, JL Blessings. That's right, right JL. Ble- very good. So JL Blessings is putting on this big party tomorrow night, celebrating five years at some very bougie, ritzy country club in uh, Jersey. And uh, Danielle can't go now because Led is here, and we can't trust Gabe and Led alone because they beat each other up. You know, so so she's going to stay home, and I'm going to this party myself. But it's a big deal. And then uh, Sunday. We have, uh, we're going to some really cool, like, kid-friendly restaurant. And it's going to be a fun weekend. You want to come by? No, but the, uh, why, not, nice why not let them go at it? It builds morale. No, nah, because they get, they, like, real serious. They start to cry and they punch each other. And, you know, little boys, you know how that goes. Like you and Lisa do, you know. Right. Just like that. So um, it's a big weekend. And then Monday is President's Day. By the way, Monday, at 2 o'clock on Mon- Monday, as uh, Russo says, Monday, uh, Monday afternoon, uh, uh, you know, I've been uh, I've been now given three different movie parts. Gemini Lounge, Danny A's movie, which I start shooting March 21 in Los Angeles, about the uh, the actual bar in Brooklyn. The other one is uh, Sabi Khan promoting, my dear friend Peter Gordio, and that is a, a movie about the Mexican cartel and the Italian mafia, and that takes place, we shoot in both New York and London, ironically, and the, the last one is Rod and Sana's movie, my guy at CNBC, about that stock market crash in 1963. So I'm oh, here, reading. Oh, here come the calls. About what? <laughs> Ron and Sana. Oh, I know. They hate him. They hate him. So um, oh, I don't care. So I'm reading for four different parts. And it's Monday. I've never do, done that before. Like, like uh, what's his name? William DeMeo, Gravesend. He just hired me. Next thing you know, I'm on the set with Andrew Dice Clay. Now I got to read on a Zoom. For four different parts on Monday. And Danielle just put out the script last night, like 200 pages of script, you know. And um, I got to practice that. That's what you asked me to do last week. Right, but you didn't do it for me. Right, because you use all the paper in the printer here. So when you ask me to print out something, like I'll print out your whole book for you. Fine. Right. One time. That was one maybe. time. Maybe. Well, you're in the book, so you care about that. Right, exactly. So you care about, right. But to print out, I mean, you're not even, your lines aren't even on half the pages. Yes, well, I know that. Well, they, they put yellow marker on the lines that I'm reading for. Right. Well, you could have, uh, uh, you know, figured out which ones. I could have. That would have taken a lot of my time. No, you got, bro, you have so much time. So much? Yes. Not in the morning because Bernie gives you 90,000 cuts to do. Right. But once I, the show I, is I over. I could have done it in the afternoon. You're right. You're but right. you don't want to do that. Did you just burp? No, I didn't. So, but you don't want to do that for I some reason. I, no, uh, no. You actually, with, with you retracted the uh, the ask pretty quickly. Well, I did because I don't want to argue with you. But if you push me a little harder, I would I not. didn't want to do that. Uh-huh. I figured if you love me and you're grateful that you've gone from a you know from a Saturday Sunday board up who nobody knew about to a legitimate budding superstar, which you really are. All kidding aside, thank you. I would have thought that would have been enough for you to do anything I asked, to be honest. But uh, clearly, if it doesn't if it doesn't impact you, then uh, despite what I've done for you, it just doesn't matter, and that's fine. That's where okay. do you think Where do you think I get that from? Me. Yeah. yeah. Hillary Clinton spoke yesterday talking about impactful. Well, she's a loser, unlike uh, you. You're not. You're a a great kid. And uh, we discussed this this morning, the definition of the word insanity. The folks that missed it about two hours ago. What is the definition of the word insanity, Justin? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So if you run for president against John McCain and lose, if you run against Obama in the primary and lose, if you run against Donald Trump and lose, there's a there's a at this point now we've got what would you call that? 
I would call that insane. You'll call that a trend, right? Well, that's a yeah, an insane trend. Right. So now she's going to run for a fourth time. Um, she's been beaten twice for the actual presidency, and she's expecting different results. Well, the more insane part is that the Democrat Party still believes that she can get the job done. Well, even more insane than that is the Democrat Party is ruining this country. Even Democrats know that. I mean, Joe Biden is the worst president of all time. I can't even call Kamala Harris a the worst vice president. She gets an incomplete. She doesn't do anything. Well, where, where, what does she do every day? Where is she? Where is she? She's on uh, Charlemagne the God. That the God. She still does uh, that even now. No, nah, I mean she did it once or twice. No. Oh. So Clinton, what, what what can she bank on here? She's lost every single time. It's not like the Democrats have taken over for Donald Trump and things have gotten better. They've gotten worse. In every aspect of life, they've gotten worse. So what is Hillary Clinton's selling point? She can't win. Democrats are ruining this country. If you hated Donald Trump with a passion, I don't care. That's fine. You're allowed to. It's America. You can hate his guts. That's fine. But then explain to me what Joe Biden has done better. That's what I'm looking for. Then you can get up there and say, hey, I'm the answer. Fine. God bless you. Explain to me, give me one or two things the Democrats have done since Joe Biden has taken over. We were better off now than we were when Donald Trump left that day. Give me two. Uh, I can't. I cannot. Give, give me, me one. Give me one. Hello. Uh, uh-huh. Wow, this is tough. Um, let, yeah. me, let me think. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So anyway, here's yeah. uh, four cuts from Hillary Clinton. Six seven, eight, and nine, talking about everything from the Democrats to division to New York City to the president that was Donald Trump. Fox leads the charge with accusations against me, counting on their Hold on, hold on a second right there. Hold on with Fox, okay? You better stop that nonsense right now. We know you deleted 33,000 emails. We know you stood idly by despite frantic phone calls as our people were taken and raped and murdered in the streets of Benghazi. We know that your husband and that foundation of yours took money from countries that throw gay people off of roofs. We know a lot of nasty stuff about you, baby girl. Don't tell me the New York Post, I mean, excuse me, Fox News. Now there's a whole investigation by Durham into your campaign spying on Donald Trump, which is loaded with fact. Not innuendo. Fact. So before you start defending yourself against the likes of Fox News and Donald Trump, you need to take a good look in the mirror. Somehow you've skated. Jim Colby gave you a get-out-of-jail-free card. He really did. You should be in jail. You really should. Get up there. Tell everybody why you think this time around you're the better choice. Do not defend yourself. You cannot. You're guilty. You just are. You are a skeevy, corrupt, lying Democrat. Married to one of the biggest, and I used to love Bill Clinton. I love Bill Clinton. I loved him. He's a pervert, a rapist, and a creep. Just get up there and talk about politics. Don't defend yourself. Keep playing it. I'm sorry. Counting on their audience to fall for it again. And as an aside, they're getting awfully close to actual malice in their attacks. Good. We can't get distracted, whether it's by the latest culture war nonsense or wing lie on Fox or Facebook. 
By the way, they've been coming after me again lately, in case you might have noticed. It's funny, the more trouble Trump gets into, the wilder the charges and conspiracy theories about me seem to get. He's not in any trouble at all. Letitia James is a waste and a joke. And uh, January 6th is just a talking point. You, Hillary, you, on the other hand, that is not. (laughs) That's not conspiracy theory and or rumors. That is fact. Keep playing this, witch. When the Republican Party officially embraces violent insurrection as legitimate political... It was not an insurrection, dummy. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. If you know the definition, like you do of insanity, if you know the definition of insurrection, then you know that January 6th, as badly as you'd like to paint it, was not an insurrection. It just wasn't. So I played about 30 seconds of clips. You've lied about five times. Yeah, you're not, you're not letting her get very far. Well, she keeps lying every two seconds. Listen, I'm not blaming you. Now play more. When storming the Capitol, assaulting police officers... Oh, stop right there. Here we go again. Who assaulted police officers? How many police officers died on January 6th? That would be a big old goose egg. Right. Well, we know that Brian Sicknick died, but he died of natural causes. Well, and that wasn't even on January 6th. And we know the... No, that was January 6th. Oh, that was on the same day? And we know that they allowed these people to walk into the Capitol pretty much... They didn't try to stop them. So who was assaulting? When I read somebody in the Errol Lewis fight on Twitter a couple days ago say, five police officers died that day, said, how about that? Oh, that would be horrible if it was true. But nobody died. Not one. Not one. Not, 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 not three. Not, not one. Who was assaulting police officers? Hillary? Yeah, keep playing. I'm sorry. The overturn an election. I've heard enough. Are being- That's enough. Thanks. Let's just replay the dog interview, okay? At least he doesn't lie. But I'm so sick of Hillary Clinton. Like she doesn't go away. It's like it's like herpes. It doesn't go away. You you can go to CVS, you can buy the cream, you can you can put it on as much as you want. It never goes away. Hillary Clinton is basically political herpes. She doesn't go away. And it's uncomfortable and it's itchy. And it feels gross, and it's nasty. I couldn't think of a better way to describe it. Ew. Hillary Clinton is political herpes.
Psychedelic Furs. Heartbreak Beat. Oh, people love that um, Hillary Clinton political herpes thing. My Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, blowing up. Anthony Barbarese, who I see at my Portofino tanning salon. <laughs> he liked it. Uh, the numerologist out in Los Angeles, Kimmy John Lucarelli, Joseph Aboud. Everybody seemed to, uh, to like that. That's what she is. It's itchy, it's nasty, and it just doesn't go away. <laughs> you're, a sick, you're a sick man, you know that? I think I'm getting sicker. Oh, hey now. Lydia Reports, right here on Bernie and Sid. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Sid, I'm a little concerned that you're so well-informed when it comes to herpes. <laughs> I, I was uh, told about it. You know, Bernard used to oh, tell me. Oh, okay, uh, you were told to about shopping. it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I never had it, never had it. Never even had crabs. None of that stuff, thank God. Uh, 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 wow, you're like saying that's like some sort of accomplishment. It, I would uh, hope uh, you uh, haven't really. It is, trust me. Most guys that I know, they've had some type of rash oh, at some point. Oh, Not my me. God. Well, speaking of something that won't go away, like it's a herpy, like it's a scaby or whatever you want to call it, BLM. Yeah. BLM, it looks like Amazon might be waking up after donating, Amazon alone donated millions to BLM. So did Microsoft, so did Target, so did Home Depot, Apple, Facebook, and every other major corporation. They donated millions. In just one year alone, in 2020, uh, BLM amassed $90 million in donations. But now Amazon looks like it's waking up. It's kicking BLM off of its charity platform for failing to disclose that where the money is actually going. Well, we know where it's They've going. They've been though. late with Man- all their tax filings, et well, cetera, et cetera. We know where it's going. Mansions in uh, Beverly Hills. Uh, somebody just bought a house from that group, I think, in like Europe or something, too. So that's where the money is going. They, they, they're making themselves very rich, living ex- extravagant lives, while you morons, you fat white kids and you uh, black people on the Upper West Side, give them your hard-earned dollars. They are pissing it away on mansions and Dom Perignon. There's your answer. Well, exactly. There's the answer. And remember when the mass media was defending the rioters and defending BLM? This is just a little reminder. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. That ain't a riot. What we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight: all punches are not equal. Morally, it says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There is some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property, but these are not reasonable times. Yeah, that's a nice little montage. That last woman, that was uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, the architect of the 1619 Project, critical race theory, and then you heard Joy Reid there, Chris Cuomo, all of these idiots 
I mean, I can understand Joy Reid and these the other ones, but like Chris Cuomo, he he sounded so stupid. Rather than being fired for sexually allegedly sexually harassing somebody back in what twenty eleven, I mean that's kind of stupid. I mean the guy should have just been kicked off for being stupid and having a crappy show. Well, I think I I think uh, he was. I think in the end, don't forget he was suspended before he got fired for what he did with his brother, which was a lot worse. Than, uh, than the allegations from this girl, who I still don't know who she is, if she even exists. Again, not to, I usually believe the woman, but I think with the Cuomo brothers, and this is what Bernie always says, we had to get Al Capone on something. So we got him on taxes. With the Cuomo brothers, he's this murderous pair. Definitely. Right. These yeah. things seem, Technicality. some of these allegations are ridiculous. He kissed me at a wedding. Really? Come on. Wait, you cut out for a second. Who kissed you at a wedding? No, that was one of the, the girls was like, well, Andrew Cuomo came up to me and kissed me at a wedding without me saying yes. Are you serious? So what? I kiss everybody at weddings. I, I hug people oh, at weddings. I know. That I mean, was so, so stupid. stupid. That yeah. was so beyond stupid. They they got him on a technicality. He had a high-priced contract, just like with Megyn Kelly. She got booted off of her NBC talk show because they said, because of the blackface segment, when in reality it was really about they realized that they made a huge mistake. They gave her way too much money, and they wanted some sort of technicality to get out of the contract so they didn't have to pay her the rest of it. And I suspect that's the case with Allison Gullis. That's a senior marketing manager or whatever she is at that she was at CNN that got kicked to the curb, Jeff Zucker. And if I was Don Lemon, I'd be freaking out and uh, Potato Head, the Stelter guy, because uh, that new owner, uh, John Malone, he's a common sense type of person. He's coming in and he's cleaning house and he's getting rid of all the the junk that has these high paying contracts. That's that's what that's basically what's going on. So everybody, I think, is going to be a target there. Well, that's good because uh, although I can't think Absolutely. of anybody who would demand uh, Cuomo's God, you mentioned t- Don Lemon. Technical difficulties. Oh, she can't hear us, so uh, bring her down. Bring Lydia down. She's having technical difficulties. But uh, thank you for that report. Anybody make money over there? Erin Burnett? She can't make money. Oh, Anderson Cooper must make money. Good money, right? He's got to be the only one. I would, I would assume Anderson Cooper makes a good bit. He's money. the one. That's it. Don Lemon probably okay. Cuomo's gone. Erin Burnett can't make money. Anyway, that's Lydia. She does a great job on this show. Lydia reports every weekday morning at 825. And then, of course, she's part of the great Cats at Night show every weekday afternoon at 5 o'clock. And that really is a great show with John Katz and Matides. Check out Lydia weekdays at 5. You can follow Lydia on Instagram at Lydia News 1 and on Twitter at Lydia News. 831 on your Friday morning. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. So I like this guy, um, 
Graham Stinchfield. I like this guy. I don't like the fact he's up against Tucker Carlson. Tough spot. He's, uh, he's really good, Grant. I mean, he's really good. I don't want to upset Greg Kelly, but he's, he's top-notch at Newsmax. And he does a really good show, and he's a tough guy. Got bigger muscle than me, I think. I don't know. I don't want to admit that. But he, he's, he's a tough guy, and he's great on television. And he's got a show coming up in Los Angeles in about 20 minutes. But he's up early this morning to hop on with us. Here he is, my buddy Grant Stinchfield. What's going on, tough guy? There's no way I have muscles bigger than you. Yes, you do. I think you do. I swear to God. You... I try. You're my inspiration, <laughs> but I'm not there yet. You know what? Thank you for saying that. You are there. You know who I've actually inspired is Charles Gasparino. Guy's in the gym like every single day. So when we go, when we go on Instagram, Grant, you and I, and we do our videos, like I got to tell you, when you were in New York for the Christmas party, and you're walking yeah. up and down the streets of New York City, Basically saying, oh, my God, what a crap hole this place has turned into. And I know you live in Texas or something. I got to tell you, that was great stuff. I enjoyed that. You look big and burly and tough, and no one's going to mess with you. But you're right, this city, right? You're surprised how bad it's gotten. Well, you know, Sid, I I say that not as a guy who lives in Dallas, Texas, but a guy who grew up in Westchester County, New York. I mean, New York's my home, and and New York has really turned its back on me. I mean, I, I'm unvaccinated, so it makes life very difficult there. You know, I'm a, I'm a big NRA guy. I'm a personal protection guy. People are gunning for me all the time. I'm not allowed to carry a firearm in New York City. There was a time I was getting death threats all the time when I was working at the NRA. And, and uh, I can't go home to my home city, and I can't, I can't carry a firearm to protect myself and my family. And then wow. I walk through this great city. And I see homeless people everywhere. You, you got to worry about having your girlfriend go out at night by, yep. by herself. Yep. It's just, it was a mess, and it was upsetting to me, and that's why I shot that video. Well, it was a great video, and you're 100% right. And you're lucky you live in Dallas, Texas, because it is a mess here, and they did not treat you well. You're right, so I'm glad you had the opportunity to move on to a place in Texas where they do treat you well. I will tell you this, your expose the last couple of days on Nancy Pelosi. I mean, when I tell people... Do you know that she's worth a quarter of a billion dollars? They go, who told you that? I say, Grant Stinchfield. Argue with him. No, it's the truth. And she just made 30 mil a couple of months ago. What's going on here? Well, so, you know, she has been abusing her position of power. And now as Speaker of the House, it's not always to pass legislation. It's often to kill legislation. And, you know, there was this big push to rein in big tech. Well, Lo and behold, her husband had all kinds of millions of dollars in these big tech companies. They were going to rein in, rein in big tech. She killed those bills. She never let them out of committee. And if they would have gotten out of committee, I promise you the stock prices would have tanked. Well, they didn't tank. She kills the bill. She makes $35 million. And we say give it back. So the, the website's Give It Back Nancy. GiveItBackNancy.com. I'm asking everyone to sign a petition demanding that she give her money back. I don't care whether she gives it to the United States Treasury, she donates it to, to charity, but it's not hers to keep because she made it by uh, by ill-gotten gains by abusing her power. That is a great investigative job out of you. You know, Geraldo Rivera is still looking for the mob. Grant, you nailed Nancy Pelosi in 15 minutes, so way to go. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Geraldo. Grant, what is the definition of insanity? Oh, God. well, you know, I mean, it's doing the same thing over and over again, right? But right. I can give you a different definition of insanity. The definition of insanity is voting for a Democrat. 
Well, that's true. You're right. That is complete insanity. But uh, the first time you had it right when you said it's doing something the same way over and over again, the part you left out is expecting different results. So with that said, why would Hillary Clinton even consider running for president again this time around? Well, look, who else do the Democrats have that have the experience to be president? She's a horrible politician. I think she's a horrible person. I think she's a criminal the spying scandal should bar her from ever running from office again because one of the punishments of treason is not being able to hold public office in the United States. Who else do the Democrats have, though? It's a disaster right now. There is no bench. Kamala Harris is the worst. Joe Biden can't run again. He's a dementia patient. You know, I, I don't know who else they got. Well, your colleague, Sean Spicer, on the show a couple of weeks ago. I like Sean a lot, too, by the way. I love you, Sean, and Greg. He said that... Uh... <laughs> Their best chance right now is Pete Buttigieg. He's probably right, which is no chance. So I guess if if you're the Democrat Party, you have to spend every minute of every day begging Michelle Obama to enter the race, yes? Oh, my Lord. Could you imagine? I mean, you know, and and I don't put it by them to offer someone like her up, but she'd be a disaster. But the fact is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She She may be a disaster, but she would give any Republican a run for the money. You'd admit that. Absolutely, she would. Oh, she would. She's probably the only one that would give them a run for. I mean, Pete Buttigieg. He failed as a mayor. He's failing as transportation secretary, and uh, you know he's probably failing as a dad. So I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't see him him as a viable option. Right. Um, but look, does it really matter, Sid? In the end, you know, Michelle Obama. She's next to the guy that's pulling the strings along with George Soros and Susan Rice. So. You're going to get the same result. I don't care whether it's Hillary Clinton, whether it's Putin Buttigieg, whether it's Joe Biden, or whether it's Kamala Harris. It's going to be the same group that's pulling the strings, and that's the Obama, you know, Soros connection with Susan Rice sitting right there next to him. So if you're right about all this, and I agree with you, this is a Grant Stinfield, who, folks, I'm telling you, he's great. Eight o'clock every night on Newsmax. He's a tough, real New Yorker, American patriot. He's terrific. If you're right about all this, Grant, then Donald Trump can start walking backwards right now back to Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, you know, look, I don't like the talk of this red wave that's supposed to be coming. The Democrats are fighting tooth and nail. We're starting to lose the battle in redistricting. I never take anything for granted. You know, we talk about being tough. Sid, you and me, we're old-fashioned street fighters. Old-fashioned yep. street fighters don't walk into a, into a corner brawl thinking they're going to win. They're going to fight till they do, but you don't take anything for granted. And I don't want President Trump to do that either. Couldn't agree more. He's got to go into this thinking he's got a better chance of losing than winning. And uh, yeah. then, of course, we'll get the results that, uh, that we do want to see. Just so one quick mention, you have to go to the LA show. The, uh, the Durham investigation, what do you think is really going to happen at the end of that? Well, what should happen and what will happen are two different things. I don't know where it ends up. I was disappointed in the beginning. I'm starting to become more hopeful now. It's taken an awful long time, but... I had Devin Nunes on the program last night. You know, he's on the Intelligence Committee. I saw that. That he was great. Even he was blown away by some of the findings that Durham had come up with this spying scandal and, and Hillary Clinton. So I believe this goes all the way to Hillary Clinton. It goes all the way to Joe Biden. It goes all the way to Barack Obama. That January 5th meeting, 2016, in the Oval Office, that's where they concocted a scheme to cover this whole thing up. you got to know what happened in order to cover something up. They clearly covered it up, which tells me they knew it happened. 
On the way out here, Grant, I've been saying for the longest time, because I'm going to be 55, God willing, in April. So I go back to the Jimmy Carter days. I was 13 years old. I remember the gas lines, the inflation, the boycott of the Olympics. This, just, just dread, this feeling of, oh, my God, it's embarrassing to be an American until Ronald Reagan took over. And I've always been quick to say that Jimmy Carter was the worst president of my lifetime. Well, congratulations. In just 15 months, Joe Biden has now won that award, at least in my household. How does Grant Sinfield feel? Is this is Joe Biden has he already distinguished himself as the worst president in that office's history? Well, you know, I, I had actually put um, Barack Obama up on the list of worst president in American history only because he was so destructive, and I believe the man hated America. I don't believe that Jimmy Carter hated America. I do think that Barack Obama hates America and wants it destroyed. Joe Biden, though, is such a disaster. Um, and he's such a disaster because he's basically a dementia patient. He's being controlled by Obama, who still wants to destroy America, and he's doing everything in his power to do it, whether that's following orders or, or by his own design. I don't know, but he's making every decision that you would make if you actively tried to destroy a nation. He has done it. Agreed. Hey, Grant, you are so good on television. You're so good here. Thank you for stopping by this morning. Got your show coming up in 10 minutes in L.A., so I know you're busy. So thank you so much. Always great to catch up. You the man, my brother. Thank you. Well, with all the compliments, I'll come on every morning. It's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. I mean it, man. I'm you really sincere. You, Thank you. You keep fighting in that city, buddy. You keep fighting. Thank you. There he is, folks, the great Grant Stinchfield. Check him out every weeknight, 8 p.m. on Newsmax. That guy's a tough son of a bitch. He really is. You know, my man's got guns. And I mean guns, his arms. Besides the The actual weapons. gun that yeah. he probably has he don't take have. no he will kick your ass and he doesn't like you very much i gotta be honest justin so. me that's right why not oh no he wouldn't get into it oh all yeah. right no i'm kidding about him but curtis sliwa for some reason is all over you yeah no. he he really is all over me what is he mad about um i mean by the way he's a complete crazy person anyway what is he mad about yeah I don't even know if mad is the right word. Well, what is he uh, excited about? To be honest, it's it's a, it's a it's like a collection of things. Could you answer? You like Jen Psaki? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll speak on behalf of my friend Justin here. So, if you remember a while back, Sid, we discussed host at seventy-seven WABC that would replace you after you died. Curtis uh, primarily is upset that Justin named a ton of people without naming Curtis. Oh, that's exactly what happened. If I die, who will replace me? And you, you even did like Doctor Lederman. I did not do Doctor. Well, I think you did. Up. I did not do Doctor Lederman. Yeah, I think you did. I didn't. Yeah. I did not. Well, he says you did. That's why he's upset. He specifically states Doctor Lederman. Who, who is that, by the way? Uh, I don't even know if he still has the show. He oh. he did uh, like some sort of radio surgery. Oh, you know thing. what it was? Frank Morano did a list of I the best. You, Justin. Yeah, of the best hosts at the station. This is like really high school stuff, you know. But it's great. I love it. And he put me number one, which I know bothers so many of you out there, and that makes me so happy you don't even know. And then he put uh, Curtis Sliwa number two, and Curtis was happy with that. Right. He was okay being behind me. But then he was very upset that when you went through the whole list of hosts, how could he be number two overall on Morano's list and not even be on your list anywhere? It wasn't even a list. He, he, the way the question was phrased, you said just name 77 WABC radio. Well, that's a list. That in itself is a list. 
I, no, I think a list has to have some sort of like order, some oh, sort of pecking order. Oh my god! No, it this, doesn't. This was just a. This was me spewing was off the top of my head. A list. The talent that a talent list works here. Right. So you're saying you listed the name of people. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. This conversation is insane. So how about this? <laughs> Forget about Curtis and and uh, Justin. So last night on Jeopardy, which I, I stopped watching a long time ago when uh, Pat Sajak died. No, oh, he's alive, actually. Who, who died? <laughs> oh, God. Don't, don't you ever compare Pat Sajak to Alex Trebek ever again. No, so. why do you say that? Because Pat Sajak is bad at his job, and Alex Trebek was great at his job. That, is, that is one of the dumbest things you've ever said. Pat Sajak is great at his job. It's just a stupid show. I, I, honestly, I think it's flipped. I think the show would be a lot more interesting if anyone but Pat Sajak. Really? Was, yeah, absolutely. Well, Michael Strahan to do that, too? He hasn't done enough? <laughs> yeah, that's honestly perfect. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's just a stupid show. I mean, Van is, you know, like I said the other day, 80 pounds soaking wet. God bless her. You know, that's over. Enough of that. But um, he was great. Uh, what's his name? Alex Trebek. God, I forgot his name. I felt terrible. Well, because I watched Blackish and uh, Young Sheldon, so I don't watch Jeopardy anymore. But believe it or not, last night, your friend Curtis Sliwa, who was not as good as Dr. Lederman, he was uh, one of the questions on Jeopardy. Yeah, but it was the college edition. I don't care. That's a big deal. It is a, it's a huge so deal. So let me ask you a question. If, if the college edition was tonight and somebody said, Justin Ellick is the executive producer of what morning radio show in New York, that wouldn't be good enough for you? It would be great enough for okay, me. Okay, so what do you mean just the college edition? Well, funnily enough, I think uh, the chick from Big Bang Theory, the nerdy chick. I, uh, Mayim Bialik. Yeah, she, yeah, she, was, yeah, she, she hosts was, uh, it. She does host it, yes. Right. She was, she was Blossom. Remember that show? No. No? Okay, great. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> you are just a, 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 an encyclopedia of, of history. I thought you said uh, you didn't watch The Big Bang Theory, though. I didn't. I oh. just said Blossom, not The Big Bang Theory. Are you on drugs? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to last night's Jeopardy. And here it is. Curtis Sliwa is one of the actual clues. Take a listen. Can I get recent news for 400, please? Eric Adams bested Curtis Sliwa in this city's 2021 mayoral race. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that city is New York City. <laughs> well, what college did this girl go to? She didn't know that. I have no idea. Matt Meany seems to think you'd have to be idiotic not to know that, but I disagree. Like, if you live in Wisconsin or Tennessee, you may not know now, the mayor you, race you, in New York. You, you got to be pretty stupid. Really? I, I would understand if the question was framed, who did Eric Adams beat? But why do you think that? You think Eric Adams and Curtis Lee were household names in Clarksville, Tennessee? I think at this point there's been enough national exposure of Eric Adams that yeah. if you don't know what city he's the mayor of, then, like, everybody knows what city Lori Lightfoot's the mayor of. Everybody knows that? I you want to you bet, bet everybody doesn't know that? You, like, know that you know that because you work here. If you didn't work here, you wouldn't know that. I, I think I would know that. No, you wouldn't know it. No chance. Zero. I don't think it's zero. Maybe it's low in, very, in your very opinion. Low. Very low. People don't know this stuff. Like, I argue with Bernie about that stuff all the time. If you add up the amount of viewers, Fox News, Sean Hannity, and uh, who's on, and uh, Greg Kelly on Newsman, and uh, CNN, you add all those viewers up, all of them, all these shows, more people watch Wheel of Fortune. Like, so- Get it, Luke. I actually sorry. have it right here. So the contestants were from Durham, North Carolina. I believe that's Moraga, California, and then Champaign, Illinois. Oh, they're not going to know that. Come on. 
I think they should know it. If, they're, if you're going to go on national television to be on Jeopardy, you should know that. You should know who runs for mayor in New York? Yeah, like the people you're describing that wouldn't know this aren't the people that are volunteering to be on Jeopardy, like the college version of Jeopardy. These are ask, smart college students. Okay, so if I said to you, Jimmy Schwartz lost to Johnny Taylor. I have no idea. Okay, so why do you expect them to know? Because I'm not on Jeopardy. Okay, but you live in New York. You don't live in Tennessee or Wisconsin. I'm not on Jeopardy. I don't Luke, want to be on Jeopardy. Luke, is he right? It's hard for me to ever say Justin's right, so I'm a bad person to ask. Okay. Frankie, uh, let's go to Frankie Diaz. Is he right? Should people I, know I, that? I, I, it's, it's a pretty big city. I mean, the big cities like L.A., Eric Garcetti, or uh, Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. I mean, I feel like that's they're in the news enough that they're, at this point, household names. Thank you, Frank. Uh, Did you hear that? There you go. I'm right. Well, I just got a text here from my friend Abraham Hamra, who happens to be uh, my wife's partner at uh, his law firm. And it's an Upper West Side restaurant. It's called Miriam's, which is right by my house, by the way. And it says, F the Jews, but the word is spelled out. F the Jews, F the Jews on the outside shed. So clearly an anti-Semitic attack. Again, the name of the place is Miriam's. On the Upper West Side, and Abraham Hamra just pointed that out for me. So That took a dark turn. Ralph Napolitano, Ann and Tony's. Justin is wrong by a landslide. I See, that doesn't make any sense to me. That does make me sick, Upper West Side, New York City. I mean, if you can't be Jewish and live there, where can you live? Where can you live? The Upper West Side. Thank you, A.B., and thank you, Ralph. Nine o'clock hour, coming up. Well, we're living here in Allentown. Oh, my God. The Second World War, Billy Joel, Allentown. WhatsApp is a uh, cheating app. I was just saying to uh, Justin, if you've got WhatsApp on your phone, you're cheating. That's just the way it is. So. But then you okay. disagree, but you're wrong. Again. I, yeah, I vehemently disagree. But w- what is your basis for disagreeing with me on this? It, that's not what it is. Well, of course that's what it is. All these apps, Hangout, WhatsApp, they're all cheating apps. Even Snapchat to a certain extent. I think you're, you're being very naive right now. No, I think you're, no, 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 S- sweetheart. <laughs> sweetheart. You're being naive. You're going to give me this me. nonsense. But I talked to my uncle V in Israel on WhatsApp. I know. Danielle talks to Lara in London on WhatsApp, too. But the local girls that you talk to at a 320 area code, what is that? I don't do that. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Luke? He does it. What? Yeah. You're going to get me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Luke said you did it, not me. It's a cheating You app. literally just said I did it. Yeah, but I was only kidding. He's being serious. No. <laughs> yes. I'm not even entertaining this conversation. This is this is this can't go well for me. Let me talk to Gina. Okay. Gina is in uh, some department here, which I don't know what the name of it is. What is it? Media department. Right, social, social media, media department. Right. right. And you're great at what you do. Thank you. And uh, I like your mom too. She's cool, Dan. <laughs> but um uh, uh WhatsApp is a cheating app, right? Yeah. 
Okay, so right off the bat, what's up? What uh, time does a TV Gina, app and so is Snapchat? Gina, letting everyone out there know. Right I mean, now. everybody out there knows it. Yeah. So you better <laughs> delete that off your phone tonight when Lisa sees that. You really believe that? Or are you just kidding? No, I believe it. You do believe, yeah, it. I believe it. Yeah. Do you have what's up on your phone? No. Do you have I a boyfriend? No, I, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's complicated. You have a girlfriend? No. Oh, it's 2022. <laughs> I don't know. Who the hell knows? All inclusive. Yeah. I, I respect it. You I do respect it. that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right, so um, now we got that out of the way. I, I'm so happy when somebody, you know, Bernie's not here. And nine times out of ten, Bernie will will, will make me right. You know, he'll, he'll agree with me. So he's not here. So now when, uh, when it happens with you, uh, Justin, it's even more satisfying. So WhatsApp is a cheating app. Why is it more satisfying? <laughs> I don't know. I just, well, when you're wrong and I'm right, it just feels really, really good. So you're here today because the Bernie and Sid team... We've got a, an Instagram page, which is doing very well. Oh, my God. What kind of name is that? What's your last name? Limberopolis. There's like more letters in that than the, than the whole dictionary. Yeah. I was like really smart in school because I had to learn how to spell early because of my last name. So <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah that's funny. So. Uh, so we have our own Instagram page at It's Bernie and Sid. Our own Twitter page at Bernie and Sid. Our own Facebook page, which Bernie goes on a lot. Bernie and Sid, and now we've got a uh, TikTok page, right? Yes. Yeah. What, what is that about? So the TikTok page is at Bernie and Sid, just like everything else other than the Instagram, of course. Yeah. Um, and we're putting all exclusive content on there. There's a lot of funny stuff, a lot of stuff that you do, a lot of stuff that the Bernie and Sid team do. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot going on. You know what makes me nervous about uh, these pages is uh, we'll do the show, right, mm-hmm. now, and I leave. And then uh, I'll notice later on in the day something will pop up on my phone, and it'll be something from the show that I didn't know you guys were watching or doing. <laughs> so I feel like it's almost like uh, the George Orwell book, 19, like I'm being spied it's like, on. It's like Big Brother in here. Yes, right? Yeah. There's always something being photographed. There's always something being recorded. No one's safe. It's no true. Safe. Yeah. We even one of my podcasts, they actually started the podcast, Citizens United, with me going on a rant about something that I had no idea was being taped, right. which I didn't want to be taped. Yeah. But I couldn't stop it. So Behind the scenes. Right. So is that what you, do you look to find stuff? Uh, behind the scenes more than the yeah so i for tiktok itself i'm looking for more behind the scenes stuff for sure we get clips from the show sure but you know we find funny things that you're doing before citizens podcast or after right. the bernie and sid like we just did the fashion week initiative oh that was really good yeah that so was that, cool. that, that little tape of everybody doing the runway walk yes that's on tiktok yes okay it's on tiktok it's also on instagram too it's on the reels but TikTok oh, it's on the is reels? where all the yeah instagram reels so are we getting any any traction on tiktok yes so we started picking up a little bit uh, we had zero followers a couple days ago. Now right. we're we're sitting at a little bit more than that, but we're planning on growing. We are growing. So, yeah, yeah. we definitely are. Well, how do we promote this besides this? Obviously right here. So, so should I go on Wendy Williams or something? She's coming back. I so, mean, so. if you want to go on Wendy Williams yeah. to promote TikTok, I you're more than welcome to. Again. Why not? Because uh, that would be great. Yeah. Um, Wendy was Did you see me on Wendy Williams last year? When she was no. still... I was on last year. What? Yes. She's crazy. I love her. She's the My best. God. She's, She's coming awesome. back, actually. Yeah. So you want? Hey, so uh, you should do a dance or something. Uh, who's in there? Mike Garcia and uh, Luke Lagrano <laughs> and Alec. Do a dance or something, and you'll guarantee yourself. Wait does Does Justin know who Casey Frey is? Justin, do you know who Casey Frey is? Yeah, I do. I know want who you Casey to remake Frey. that Casey Frey dance so bad because you look just like him. I don't even know who that is. Who was that? He's a comedian and a TikToker and a YouTuber. But Justin looks is, exactly like him. It, does he? Is he yes. more famous? Uh, Justin looks like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the actor. Who do I say he look Jake like? Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. But, like, but, like, but like, like, like maybe a not so well Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> like a normal Jake Gyllenhaal? No, like a not so well Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> like if you but, were walking on 3rd Avenue and you saw <laughs> yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal living in a box. Right, exactly right. Me. So uh, do you know who Joey Nero is? 
No. He's a very famous TikToker. Okay. And we have uh, my friend Johnny Donovan comes in, okay. and uh, he's got Joey here. He wants to bring him in next week. Awesome. So it'd be cool to talk to me and Bernie because he's he's got like a, a couple of million followers or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you guys want to dance or do something? Sure, whatever Gina wants us to do. Yeah. I, I am a uh, gun for hire. Well, who's actually <laughs> taping all this right now? Uh, the clips are being filmed by the video department right now. I know that. Well, right now, Gabby Lopez is watching. Yeah. Everybody's yep. watching. I said, do something. Do something outrageous. That'll get you guys on. Uh, play a song or Get something. us viral. It goes viral? Hopefully. All right. So they do something good enough, right? It'll go viral. <laughs> but what, right, are you, what, are you, what are you planning on putting on for this weekend on TikTok? Anything? Have something in mind? Whatever or? clips are coming through for today. Are oh, you going to ask us to do show? stuff like outside the like Bernie at home or me? Yeah, taking a bubble bath with. I mean, if you're if content is content when it comes to right. TikTok or Instagram or just social media in general. You guys, so don't if care. it's funny or it's cool, right, or whatever it is, do you I'm, do this with all the shows? I do this for the 77 WABC social medias as well. But what other shows can you do this with though? Like, I can't imagine. You know, you're not going. Rudy Giuliani's not going to start. Uh, I mean, doing Rudy, the worms Rudy, if I got. If I got Rudy to do uh, fashion, like the Fashion Week thing, I think that would have went Did he do it? Viral. No, but no. I would love for him to do right, it. Right, but it didn't happen. So yeah. who, do you go to Greg Kelly? Do you go to... Uh... Greg, Greg Kelly is hit or miss. Yeah, that's hit or miss. <laughs> I know. Believe me, I know. Uh, what yeah. about uh, the other guys in Miami, Snurdly? So yeah. he don't do nothing. So it's basically us. Yeah. Well, you guys definitely uh, produce the most content, that's for sure. Yeah, and get the best ratings. Yeah. And uh, basically <laughs> run the place. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are employing me and Bernie basically all of you. Yeah. Right. Yep. Not to uh, not to pat ourselves on the shoulder, but all right. So how do people find this thing now? So you can go to let's see. So for TikTok, it's just Bernie and Sid. For Instagram, it's it's Bernie and Sid. Right. Make sure. Right. Otherwise, it's going to come up as some random person. Um, and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, twi- uh, Twitter is Bernie and Sid, and Facebook is Bernie and Sid in the morning. You know, you guys, uh, I know you're in the social media department, but the yeah. guys in the production department, like Eric, mm-hmm. uh, the room that Gabby is in, I, the, 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 the work that they do, I got oh, yeah. it's genius. Like, we got the animations up on the TikTok and, and oh, you all do? of our social medias. Yeah. Um, Eric, I think Ricky, is a couple other people in there They're that all work great. on them. They're all great. Who's, who's the young girl on there, too? She's terrific, too. The, uh, Natasha? The young, uh, very good, yes. Yeah. I'm not sure that's her name. I have no idea. Natasha's great. She is great. You're she great, by the way. Have you, have you done radio before? No. I have a podcast, but that's... You have that's a podcast? A, I do have a podcast. At the station? No. It's at home? Yeah. It's with my friends. What's it called? It's called the Ring Fanatics Podcast. It's a wrestling podcast. A what? Wrestling. Like WWE, that kind of stuff. You watch that? Yeah. No, you don't. I do. WWE, AEW, all that kind is of stuff. Can Hogan? I come on as a guest one day? Huh? Can oh, I come on as a guest one day? Yeah. Why do you watch it? I, I so funny Guests enough. Guests are always welcome. Last month was the first month since like first grade I stopped watching wrestling. What? Really? Yep. One thousand percent. Yeah, we'll talk later. Because... Is, is Hulk Hogan still a, a big time wrestler? Or? He's not wrestling, but he does appearances constantly. Stone Cold Steve Austin also appearances. He does acting now, which is really yeah. Jake the just, Snake Roberts. I don't. Know. You don't know these people. No, he's I know. Back I know he, he's actually still is. active. Sid. Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Ricky Steamboat. No. <laughs> He's gone? He's Rick gone. Rick Flair is still there. He just went Rick to Flair. Woo! Yeah, there you go. He's he still went, out there? Yeah, he just went to AEW. I used to uh, go to uh, nightclubs in New York City, and I get all coked up and drunk and, and all that <laughs> stuff. And it was like a 6 o'clock in the morning. It was a, be a Saturday morning, and my parents were asleep, and I can't sleep. I'm staring at the ceiling, you know. I'm uh, two eight balls in, and I'd watch Bob Backlund walk up and down the stairs for like a half hour. That was my re- And i watched wrestling. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I like this. And then I stopped doing drugs. And I realized I was somewhat mature, and I and, I'm, and I rue the day I started watching wrestling. Cocaine. But I'm what? Cocaine. But I'm happy you enjoy it. So I do. I do. Who's your favorite wrestler? CM Punk was my favorite wrestler. 
He Who? was he was mid two thousand three. Yeah, that's, <laughs> now that's what you want. You you want to be in in, uh, in step with Mike Garcia. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> no, CM Punk was. Uh, he just did like the sound that Mike Tyson did. It's tw- once it was at, like 2012, uh, and then anyone attitude era. So you had like Randy Orton. What's Edge, his name? Uh, CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. Right. He's a famous wrestler. Right. He right. was really famous, and yeah. then you had the Attitude Era, which was like Triple H, Shawn oh, Michaels. I know them. The Heartbreak Kid. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, John Cena. Is he still wrestling? Yeah. He's still doing. He's doing everything. He he's does acting everything. and everything, but he goes back and forth. Now, do you think that um, Elizabeth was actually murdered by uh, what was what was his name again? The uh, the famous wrestler, uh, Randy Macho Man Savage. Did he kill Elizabeth? I I don't know. You don't know. That's about a touchy that. Well before your time, right? She there's was a dead lot of the there's a lot of wrestlers that ended up hurting people. So and it, outside of the ring. Well, what was his name? Chris, whatever his name, he killed his whole family. Benoit. That's right. Yeah, Chris, Chris Benoit. Benoit. Yeah. There was a whole documentary about him and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, he's a stand-up guy. Yeah. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So where can people find this podcast? Uh, you can find it Spotify. We have TikTok, Facebook. And how many Instagram, people everything. do this? This, this show? It's three girls? It's No, two other guys. Oh, two, two guys and you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Nick and Joel. Shout out to them. They're probably listening right cool. now. Cool. And uh, once a week. Uh, yeah. All right. That'll impress a MFer like me. There you have it. Greg Kelly <laughs> loves it. Well, it's nice to have you in studio. You were very, very, very good. So th- thank you I so appreciate much. it. Thank, thank you for all the great work you do for the show. You really, we appreciate it. Thank Thanks you. for having me on. Thanks for having me on. It's awesome. good to see you. Gina uh, with an L. I don't know. Limberopolis. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a dirty word. Limberopolis. It sounds like a bad word, yeah. No, but I got it right, right? Yeah, you got it. Limberopolis. Yeah. There you have it. Gina, you're terrific. You really are. You're an adorable kid. Thank you for all your hard work and good luck with the wrestling. Thank you. All right. We'll come back. 1 800 848 WABC. 1 800 848 Check out the Bernie and Sid Instagram page at It's Bernie and Sid, the Bernie and Sid Facebook page, the Bernie and Sid Twitter page at Bernie and Sid, and the Bernie and Sid brand new TikTok page at Bernie and Sid. Short break, more of me right after this. So we, uh, we played all these psychos today. You know one of the reasons why I really can't stand Hillary Clinton? But again, I used to love her husband. I admit it. So did John Katsimatidis. I'm not sure John admits he doesn't like him anymore. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I don't. But one of the reasons why I really can't stand her is because she duped me. And as smart as I think I am, she got me. Because in 2016, and this is an old story, obviously, but... Maybe just tuning in for the first time, never heard of me. I voted for her because I thought Donald Trump ran one of the more sophomoric and stupid campaigns I've ever seen. And I still feel that way, still. He wore a stupid hat, make America great, and he, uh, he was going to uh, build a wall, and, um, he, and he nicknamed everybody some silly nicknames. You know, uh, low-energy jab and, and big hands, uh, small hands, uh, 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 what's his name down in Florida, Rubio. And there was nothing there. There was zero substance. He, he, the, the, he was awful in the debates. He just... You know, he just maligned people and sweated, and I didn't get it. And uh, I never bought into it. And I didn't like Barack Obama. I hated him. I agree with Grant Stinchfield. Barack Obama 
You talk about pulling the wool over people's eyes. He was the worst. The worst. Yes, he bailed us out of a couple of, you know, the, the car business. He seemed to save them. He took billions from the banks, Barack. The economy moved in the most sluggish of fashions. And then, of course, we had, like, terrorist attacks every week. Don't you remember? It was like, again, in Paris, in Brussels, uh, Christmas party in California, movie theater in Tennessee. And then he would come on, Obama, and be like, listen, don't hate the Muslims. I'm like, bro, get angry. They're killing Americans all over the world. Even in America, get angry. Stop worrying about the Muslims. We get it. They're good people. We're not blaming all Muslims for Muhammad Atta. We get it. But get pissed. He was such a feckless pussy. Anyway. What difference does it make? Well, you're right. Not much. He won twice. But it's made a difference with you. You can't win. And I voted for her, and it was a big mistake. Because as stupid as Trump's campaign was, and no one's going to convince me differently. I don't care what you say. He turned out to be a great president. Great. He was great. And then uh, they screwed him. You know, this, the virus, Chinese brought that here. That wasn't his fault. He did a very good job. So maybe that's why I hate her so much, because she, she duped me, you know. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's um, it's not easy to admit, I'm sure, if I'm you. <laughs> yes. But uh, to, uh, to be able to sit there and swallow your pride. And, God, I hate you. And I, really, I, I, you know, you're, I mean, you're coming back with a vengeance from the words of the great I'm, mad dog. Uh-huh. You know, you've, uh, what did he say? You've really rejuvenated yourself. You've... Uh, well, You've risen from the dead. You're like a phoenix rising from the ashes. I, mean, I, I hate you. I, I, I'm starting to legitimately hate you. Oh, okay. You want to play some of this Hillary stuff from yesterday? I mean, I don't want to hear it again, but if you want to play it for the, for the first-timers. It's not up to me. It's up to you. That's true. Well, she did talk about this uh, Durham probe. He's investigating whether or not her campaign spied on Donald Trump. No need to investigate it. It happened. I'm telling you it happened. Trust me, it happened. So, of course, Hillary is out there yesterday with all of her sycophants, one loser after another, Letitia James, loser, Eric Adams, loser, Kathy Hochul, loser, you know, uh, Chuck Schumer, loser, whoever else was there, all these losers, and they're all clapping, and you know, Hillary great. And these people are sick. She's a lifetime loser. She got appointed to whatever role she got. She was given Secretary of State and Senator, and she sucked at both. But then she uh, she was uh, blaming uh, Fox News and Don. Well, it was just annoying. You may as well play it. Go ahead. Fox leads the charge with accusations against me, counting on their audience to fall for it again. And as an aside, they're getting awfully close to actual malice Good. in their attacks. Good. We can't get distracted. Whether it's by the latest culture war nonsense or some new right-wing lie on Fox or Facebook. By the way, they've been coming after me again lately, in case you (laughs) might have noticed. Because it's so important. It's funny. The more trouble Trump gets into, the wilder the charges and conspiracy theories about me seem to get. Here's uh, Joe in Brookhaven on line two. Good morning, Joseph. Say good morning. Hey, did you hear the Chappaqua monster was spotted in Manhattan yesterday? Walking in circles. It came out of the woods. Why ain't I 50 points up? I don't understand. Why ain't I 50 points up? Mommy, I'm president, mommy. 
Here's yep. Helen in Princeton, New Jersey, on line five. Good morning, Helen. Oh, Sid, just to hear that creature's voice again. Sid, you've got to take a pledge not to play clips of, of that creature well, as your mother that. as your mother would brilliantly <laughs> describe uh, this creature yes. in the white. Oh, there's Naomi. Well, the she actually used that word, as you know, Helen. Thank you for bringing up my mom to describe Joe Biden. But it does apply to Hillary Clinton as well. But I can't make that promise because if she really is going to run for president and she's going to talk, we almost have to play that creature. Play my mom again. I miss her. This creature in the White House. My mother has these uh, glasses she wears, Naomi, and uh, she looks like a bug sometimes. They're like the, like, remember Larry King used to wear these, like, really big glasses, like Mo Green, you know? And my mom wears that. And then she's in uh, in Aventura, Florida right now, with the rest of the Jews here, you get this. And uh, she's wearing these glasses, and she has, like, zinc on her face, you know. You know the look I'm talking about, right? Yeah, of course. The same look your uncle has in Israel that you talk to on the cheating lounge, on the cheating lounge, on the cheating app uh, WhatsApp. Right. You but I haven't, seen, I haven't seen my mom in a while. I miss her, so. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of my family in a while. I've been very busy. I don't... Well, you should touch base. Well, I call. I don't, you know, I don't call and that type of thing, but I don't you have should, a lot of time. You I... should surprise her at her home. She's in Aventura, Florida. Yeah, he knows what he said. So I'm just going to surprise her there? Just fly down for the day? Why not? I have to use John uh, Katsimatidi's jet. Just go down for like six hours. It's your mother, after all. Yeah. You only get one. I know. But I have to be here, especially now. Bernie, God bless him, fighting like a champ. And um, I have to be here. That's the bottom line. You don't trust this Mensa unit that is me and Justin? Oh, God, no. Nobody does. No, they need me here. Whether Bernie's here or not, I got to be here. That's the bottom line. Okay. So I keep coming every day. Hey, I ain't, I ain't going to argue that. Right. So, But I don't see my mom, and now, you know, now my father passed away a couple years ago. Naomi's up there in age. You know, she's, I need to see him more so. Why does it know how to do it? Well, you know, I'm sure uh, you could spend the time and brainstorm a couple ideas of how you can make it work. How often do you see your mother? Um, I see my mother uh, probably uh, at least once a month. That's terrible. Why? Because you're young. Like, I'm old. I got kids. My, my mother's old. She's in Florida. Your mom is, like, right next to you, isn't she? She lives in Katona. I got to take an hour and 15-minute train. Oh, ride. that's too far. Yeah, no. You're right. You FaceTime her? Yes, I do FaceTime her. <laughs> you're such a liar. <laughs> no, you don't. Sometimes I don't pick up. You, if she FaceTime, you don't pick up, right? Sometimes I, I don't. You know, it's funny you say that. I, um, I hate FaceTime. So, like, Heshi FaceTimes me quite a bit, organbound. And um, most of the time I'm busy. I can't pick it up. But sometimes I just voluntarily don't pick it up. I, I hate FaceTime. Well, nothing aggra- aggravates me more than FaceTiming with somebody and then not talking about it. Like, you're just sitting there and, like, nobody's talking and you're just on FaceTime. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. My right? Be- my beautiful girlfriend loves doing that. I, and I, I love don't, her don't, for don't, it. Don't do that. I love her for See, it. Because I describe my beautiful wife, Danielle. Now, you you say my – like, you know, I know Carol yelled at Bernie for years. You ever hear Bernie now, my beautiful wife, Carol? I'm sure she said, oh, how yeah. come Sid – now you're going to describe Lisa as your beautiful girlfriend? I, I mean, I could, I'm sure I could come up with another adjective that was, isn't appropriate for I had to copy the mine. radio waves. But, yeah. Do you right. FaceTime Lisa? Uh, yeah. We never FaceTime me and Daniel. But I don't never. FaceTime – when I don't have anything to talk about, I'm not going to FaceTime. When was the last time you FaceTimed anybody outside your mother or your girlfriend? What was it about? Uh, it was probably the last last weekend. What did you talk about? Who was it? It was a couple buddies of mine. 
What, what are you talking about? Uh, we hopped in a FaceTime, and we came up with uh, a couple of plans for tonight, this Friday night. Tonight, tonight, I want you to hop in your bathtub naked and FaceTime Moody Giuliani. No. Okay. I, I will not do that. What if I get you It doesn't matter. I'm not doing it. It doesn't matter. I'm not doing it. What if John Katsimatidi no, says it, you have it, to do it, it? It doesn't matter. I'm not doing it. Well, if John says I have to do it, I have to do it. Oh, I have to text John right now. Heshi goes, no more FaceTime. I'm only kidding, Heshi. Stop it. I'm only kidding with you. Oh, by the way, it's Friday. It's Shabbos. So Heshi's going to FaceTime me today. Well, he's not allowed to. You can't You can't work on Shabbos. That's hard work, FaceTiming you. <laughs> and Led's at the house. Led's in from Boca Raton. And Hillary Clinton's in town. I'm meeting Hillary on the Upper East Side for dinner tonight. There was a time I would have done that. There's... I would have been excited about it. I'm being serious. There's a time, and it's right now, that people out there just believed you. Well, it's true. I used to love the Clintons, man. Like, I loved Bill. That first four years, and don't forget, I worked at sportsline.com. It was a dot-com. And everybody was making millions of dollars. Everybody around. Not me. Not me, because I I didn't have stock options. I had employee options. And they have to mature. By the time they matured, the stock went down. I only had a couple of hundred. I never made the big money. But... Everybody in that business, it was just booming. Mortgage, booming. Everybody was happy. It was a great four years. The second, obviously the second leg, hello, Rabbi, not so good for Bill. But, um, well, I guess America changed their mind on that whole thing, right, I guess. Now, you may find that uncomfortable. Yeah. When the, the whole, uh, what's his name, Jeffrey Epstein. That doesn't help Clinton's legacy either now, does it? Slick Willie. No. Well, the 800000 cash you gave to Paula Jones, that doesn't help, does it? I want you to listen to me. I'm right. going to say this again. Yeah. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Okay. You want to say it one more time? Maybe I'll believe it. Got it. One more time. I want you to listen to me. I'm, I'm going to say this again. All right. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yeah. Well, sometimes when you... Listen to the you tape. know it's it's, uh, you know sometimes it's <laughs> difficult to put the right words together and you know you can't uh, articulate what you want right. to say right and there's a tape and some people hear it you know how that goes now it's time to beat Bernie it's time to beat Bernie sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters you think you can beat Bernie good luck it's time to beat Bernie. It is that time, and it is Matt Meany here hosting today. I just uh, felt like hosting, and uh, I need to shave as I'm looking at the, uh, or I need to trim. You look beautiful. Thank you. As I'm looking at the, okay, nonetheless. We are here for Beat Bernie. It's the abbreviated SID version, as uh, Bernie's not here. Um, And uh, brought to you by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to peerlessboilers.com or paviliontankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers. You betcha, America's Best Built Boilers. All right. Now, uh, the control room has not told me who we have as a contestant. So uh, who's that, Justin? We've got Pat. Where's Pat? He's in Coney Island. Pat. Yes. What's up? Coney Island. What's going on out there in Coney Island this morning? Uh, It's a beautiful morning. Rough night, but a beautiful morning. Rough night. Windy, rainy, right? Everything. Yeah, you go to the beach, it's about to be like 60, 70 degrees today. Yeah, actually, as soon as I get off the phone, that's when I take the dog out. All righty, all right. What, uh, what do you do for a living there, uh, Pat? I'm retired. Oh, good for you. Nice. Uh, all right. What did you do before that real quick, and we'll get to the game. 
Yeah, I worked uh, for uh, I worked for the library system. The library system. Okay, so you may have some knowledge here. All right. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna find out. All right. Here we go. Number one, Pat. In baseball, what is a ball purposely thrown wide of the plate by the pitcher to help the catcher nab a base stealer called? What's that called? A pitch out. One for one. Off to a good start on this Friday morning, Pat. Number two, what actor slash TV host has won an Oscar for their role in the film Ghost? And an Emmy for their role on the TV show The View. Hmm. Yeah. Can't help you there. Okay. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax. She's been in the news of late. Whoopi Goldberg, Pat. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, okay. Okay. Number three. You're one for two. Yeah, you know this? I'm not woke. So you said actor. I, I come from the day where they called it an actress. <laughs> gotcha. Very, very good point. It is now uh, neutral. Okay. Well, one yeah. for two. Here's number three. If I'm kibitzing or kvetching and saying things that are just plain schmaltzy, I'm using words from what language? Yiddish. All right. Two for three. Number four, Pat. On January 28th, 2022, the New York Giants hired who, formerly the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, as their head coach? Nah, I have no idea. Yeah. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax. This is how, you know, Sid, we'll see if Sid gets this one, but that's right up his alley. All right, let's, uh, so two for four, let's try to round this out three for five here with number five. In 1977... What New York professional athlete said that he was, quote, the straw that stirs the drink, unquote, for the New York Yankees? Reggie Jackson. Not too bad, Pat. Three for five today. Uh, we'll have you hang on hold, bring you back, talk to Sid once uh, he gets his, uh, his shot here to, to, to best you. And uh, I'm pulling for you. We'll see, we'll see how uh, Sidney does today as he makes his way. Into the studio. There he is. I love this graphic that we have up on the stream, the WBCRadio.tv stream, where it's duct taped on there. Uh, it's yeah, it's pretty good. Graphic. I'm big in that shirt. I like that. You do. Yeah. You do. All right. You can get that shirt at WBCRadio.tv. Excuse me, WBCRadioStore.com. All right. Sid, Pat from Coney Island, who's going to the beach today. Oh, I know, nice Pat. Is that Patty Susco? I don't know. We're Big f- time weightlifter, that guy. He's got some uh, good uh, tips. He knows Peter Gordio, actually. They both worked out together, so I know who he is. Okay, he went three for five. So. Oh, he did. Let's see how you do. All right. All right, number one. In baseball, what is a ball purposely thrown wide of the plate by the pitcher to help the catcher nab a base stealer called? What's that called? When they throw wide of the plate. Intentional, uh, it's an intentional. That you're right, but the intentional walks are not. Well, you're not right. Intentional walks are no longer a thing. Oh, that's right. Wait, so I'll, I'll read it again. What is the ball purposely thrown wide of the plate by the pitcher to help the catcher nab a base dealer? I don't know. Wrong. You two legged back. What is it? We were looking for a pitch out. Oh, pitch out. I tell you, I'm so removed from sports. If Russo heard that, he'd never come back on again. Never. <laughs> Go ahead. Number two, let's get this one. What actor slash TV host has won an Oscar for their role in the film Ghost and an Emmy for their role on the TV show The View? Whoopi. Ah! 
You know, she's also won a Tony and a Grammy. I think I she's actually... She's won all four. Yeah, I think I actually wrote a question a couple weeks ago about that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. She's one of, like, only four people to do that. Yeah, yeah. pretty and good. And get suspended at the same time. That's pretty <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, this, I didn't even write the... But whatever, we, watch this one. Ready? Number three. Yeah. If I'm kvitzing and kvetching and saying things that are just plain schmaltzy, I'm using words from what language? Yiddish. All right, two for three. Number four. On January 28th, 2022, the New York Giants hired who, formerly the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, as their head coach? Brian Dable. Beautiful. Pitch out still bothering me. Yeah. It's still bothering me. It, it should bother you. That's embarrassing. Oh, God. Three out of four. Here we go. Not up embarrassing. Your Verdi tied, Pat. Uh, and number five, in 1977, what New York professional athlete said that he was, quote, the stir that straw, uh, the, the straw that stirs the drink for the New York Yankees? That would be the same guy that hit three home runs in World Series game against three different Dodger pitchers. Can you give me those three pitchers? Ooh. Justin. No. Bert Hooten, Elias Sosa, and Charlie Huff. Maybe even Jerry Royce. Anyway, that would be Reggie Jackson. Correct. Hey, now. Four for five, Sydney. Nice job on a uh, Friday. Thank you. Uh, Pat from Coney Island. Say what's up to Mr. Rosenberg over here. Yeah, how you doing, Ted? I, I mean, did I see you on a hospital bed on Facebook or something? Or thank you, Matt. That was great. Yeah, yeah, I've oh. had some uh, health issues the last uh, few months. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you feeling okay now? Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll start training again next week. Yeah, I had, uh, it was just a tough year. I had COVID, then I had a yeah. heart thing, then I got COVID again, then I had yeah. a gallbladder removed and complications oh, from that. And you're giving me, so, tra- and, you're, uh, and you're giving me training tips? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh. I'm 70 and still training. No, I know, you're you're great, and, um, I, I appreciate you all calling in, listening, and keeping in touch on Facebook, and, oh, and I wish you I well. Love the show. Love the show. Thank you, Pat. I wish you well and uh, feel good and keep calling, okay, buddy? And I hope Bernie's listening. I want to send my wishes out to him as well. You got it. If Bernie is not listening, I'll pass him along. The great Pat Susco out of Coney Island giving us a call. We're going to wrap things up on the phone. We've got a lot of time here. Get a whole segment in, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. I think Bernie will be back on Monday. I'm not sure. President's Day, he may come back Tuesday. But um, I think Monday, but again, I don't know. And uh, I wasn't sure I was going to work Monday, but Chad said, I'm your president. You're going to be here. And that's it. He's right. So that's it. We'll come back and wrap things up on the phones with you folks as we close out another great week of shows right here on Bernie and Sid. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC.
1979 by Smashing Pumpkins. Last segment of the week. Big lead coming into town from Boca Raton. Got to get to the airport and pick him up. I think he's landing at Newark. It's a big, uh, big weekend for my son Gabriel. And my daughter just sent me a picture from London. And it's, um, it's all very surreal, Justin Ellick. All very surreal. Getting old. Well, listen, you know, I mean, um, these are your children. So obviously things are sentimental. I'm sure it feels like yesterday they were just 10 years old. But uh, <laughs> I, mean, I love how you just talk on behalf of it. It's the best thing you can do for them is to just let them spread their wings, let them fly away. And you know this how? Oh, I have no idea. You have, how many kids do you have at this point? Uh, zero. Right. But yet you're, you're ready, willing, and able to uh, recommend how I should parent. 100%. I love it. Jack is in Brooklyn on line seven. Good morning, Jack. How are you, pal? Hey, what's going on, Sid? How you doing, brother? All right, listen, I got a little story about the Gemini Lounge, okay? I'm actually going out March 21st to Los Angeles with the great Danny A to film that movie. I'm going to play um, uh, Dracula, who was uh, Roy DeMeo's first cousin, bartender by day, chopped up bodies upstairs by night. Give me the story. Well, listen, I used to go there in the 90s, so I didn't know it was the Gemini Lounge, okay? So, I mean, I used to just go hanging out. It was part of my run, you know? But yep. uh, that's not why I'm calling. <laughs> I mean, it's funny how it turned into a church of God at this point. It's is really funny. But the real story is, are you still there? I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I made friends with a with a guy. Let's call him. No names. Okay. And he told me a little story about the pay phones in that bar that were tapped. And he he sort of got in a little bit of trouble and he, he wasn't directly involved in the in the actual uh, uh what do you want to call it? Observance of the bar. Right. He was a he was a a sort of a, a casualty. Gotcha. I can't go into details. I can't gotcha. tell you the, the old because I can't mention no names. And of course, what happened. right, right, right. But but I mean, the guys in the movie should actually maybe look into this. It's a it's a funny and sick story that was only because the phones were tapped. I will uh, tell Danny A to take a look into it. Thank you for the uh, for the phone call. Thank you for the heads up. So uh, I opened the phones and what? They're all losers. Luke, what happened? Well, we have a policy now that we um, we're not, we're not taking any callers that come up on our phone without uh, a name. They all have names. I see it right here. No, James, but, well, Paul, well, yes, Glenn. But, yes, but those we have. We also have a list of callers of chronic callers who call in and, uh, and they're just they're and, and they're terrible. You know how sometimes people. you tell me you don't want to speak to people ever again. But don't say I'm making yeah. sure that's happening. I think Matt Meany is uh, making sure that's happening. Yep. What do you no, have? No anonymous callers. No anonymous callers. So we but, have, we, yeah, we have a caller ID. But I do so. see some names here. Yeah, Sam, yeah, so, Carol. So, uh, Luke, get to doing your job, but, buddy. No, but he says they're losers anyway. You're right. Those people are on the list. Oh, are they? Oh, they're on the list. They're on the list. Yeah. Well, what, who do we, who's lined up here? Do we, is there nobody? Oh, there's another guy. Who's that other guy that calls um, for, for, from Morano all day? He's uh, E. Frank or something. Oh, E. Frank from Astoria? Yeah, he's he, he on the list You can't call him. Well. He's not allowed anymore, right? Yeah. Larry Cudlow, he can't call them anymore either? Listen, I mean, you know, we don't want to have to treat these callers like kindergartners, but sometimes it, it has to be that way. Right. Yeah. Well, whatever, it's fine. They don't want really to offer much anyway, let's be honest. And any, I mean, I, I, you know, I used to do shows that were driven by calls. That's FAN, by the way. Right. Jimmy, you're in Brooklyn. What's on your mind? Well, do you think the Mets could trade Joel McEwing for Randy Johnson? Sure. That's a great call. And uh, that's how FAN makes millions of dollars and, and uh, you know, that type of thing. Well, a lot of people look at it, too, as, um, you know, a, a cop-out of sorts. 
You don't have anything to talk about, so you take a bunch of calls. Right, 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 right. I mean, that's that is somewhat true. Yes. Uh, some people look at playing sound that way too. I got news for you. Yeah, of course. Give yourself a good forty-five seconds to right. gather your thoughts, just yeah. to avoid having to talk. Right. That's never an issue for me. The content is never an issue. No. Only because I involve so much of my personal life in these shows that it, it, it doesn't matter. Even if it's a, a slow news day, which it never really is between Biden and Adams and Cousins and Hochul, you're always going to have that stuff. But it's um, I never I'm never short on content. And I don't know how you do it, honestly. I mean, because I'm a you, genius. Well, yeah, but you sit there during the break and you you stare, you know, you like stare into the abyss. You know, it's true. Like I have, like, I literally have no idea. Thirty seconds before the segment starts, and Bernie's always said that to me. He's like, "Well, where would that come from?" Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like you have two brains. <laughs> <laughs> One brain for what? Wait, that, wait, hold on. I take that. That's giving you way too much credit. I take that back. Two brains. No, but it's true. I don't know. I just, I just, I'm sitting here, and something just occurs to me, and then we just talk about it. You know, that's how it works. Like, like uh, a lot of radio guys, they script everything. Right. Every segment is scripted. Every and, piece right. of sound. But you can tell when it's that way. You can, you can tell. Right. If something is, you know, mapped out. With you, it's just you go rogue. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take a call now, so I need some time to uh, just kind of do nothing. That's fine. It's nine fifty six. At this point, we're just getting to ten o'clock. Right. So let's go to Tim in San Diego, because I like San Diego. I like La Jolla, that whole area. Timmy, good morning. How are you? I don't know about uh, two brains, but you definitely got two heads, if you know what I mean. Anyway, I um, <laughs> r- r- real quick, uh, you know, I hear Eric Adams, and I know your friends with this guy that I'm going to mention, oh. but to me, he sounds like Tracy Morgan after the car crash. <laughs> so That's funny. I am friends with Tracy Morgan. I, I was actually with him at the uh, with him. I saw him at the Garden two nights ago with Bill O'Reilly at the Nick game, but he does sound like him a little bit. I do hear that. Yes, thank you, Eric Adams. Uh, quote Tim in San Diego sounds like Tracy Morgan. After the car crash. <laughs> Here's Tony in White Plains, line two. Hi, Tony. Good morning, Sid. Listen, I want to give you a little advice on uh, to alleviate all that pain you get from your exercising. Yeah. Uh, I've been told the proper procedure is if you, for example, exercise on Monday mm-hmm. vigorously. Yeah. Uh, take a cold shower after you're complete. Skip Tuesday. Go back Wednesday. It's every other day. Otherwise, you're ripping down the buildup of your muscles. No, but you don't have to do that. So you can do like a body part on Monday, then do legs on Tuesday. Like, I can't just stay home. Like, I have to go to the gym and do something. I know what you're saying. You're right. You're ripping down the muscle, and it doesn't do you any good to continue to rip it down. you got to give it time to build itself back. You're you're 100% right. I get that. So don't do the same body part two days in a row. Don't do back and then buys the next day. I get it. But you can do different body parts that don't use the same body part. Throw in legs, throw in a day of uh, cardiovascular, and then you're fine. You can work out seven days a week. You don't need to stay home. You Are stay we- home, you start watching, you know, uh, daytime TV and eating M&Ms in bed, you know. Are we really going to give people the false impression that you do leg day? I did it yesterday. Oh, did you? I did. Oh, it, yeah. it's really showing. Shut up. I don't do a lot of it. I do like the, the machine with the uh, you know the quads. I don't I, do it. I'm, I do a couple I'll, of squats. I'll come right out and that's it. I, I don't do it. I, 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 I think I think thick legs are so unattractive on men. I like a girl who's got nice thick legs, which leads into a nice ass. You know, 
But no, I, um, played, I played hockey for fifteen years. I, I never got enough legs. legs in my right, right. You know. I mean, I have nice legs. I mean, I don't have any. I don't have any varicose veins. No scars. They're tan. They're a little bit of hair. I have nice legs. They're just not muscular. So what happens? Who who uh, when somebody goes on Twitter, or Instagram, and goes, "Oh, I see a missed leg day." Then look up the picture of that person. They're so ugly. It's just hilarious, you know. So they can't. They don't want to give you credit and go, "Wow, Sid, you really do look good." In the magazine, they go, "Oh, what about leg day?" And it get hot. I got a lot of. I got hairy legs. He does have hairy that legs. Turn, yeah. That turn. That 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 turn. Blonde in the sun. Blonde. The kids used to come up and reach in the pool what? and rub my legs. Oh God. That's a true story. Yeah. That was the lifeguard. Bernie was a lifeguard. Yeah. But he, kid, never, he never rubbed Joe Biden's legs, I don't think. The kids don't rub your legs. No, not really. No. Not often. But we're done. It was a great week of shows. Justin, you are so good that if they give out Marconi's for producers, you would get it this week. Really? Yeah, you were really that good. Wow. You were that good. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, also, Luke Legrano, fantastic. Thank you. Great. Frankie Diaz with an E, nice job. Mike Garcia, nice job. Uh, Deb Valentine, nice job. Jacqueline Carl, thank you on the traffic. You all did a terrific job. Uh, I'll be back Monday. I think Bernie will be. I'm not 100% sure. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.